live from the heart of Brooklyn. Public West is an hour-long podcast about everything in and relating to technology. With three techno experts. Eric Newman. Hi! Chris Krabowski. Hey, how's it going? And Tyler Ditter. Hey there! This week's episode, Nerdy Networking. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another Public West. My name is Eric Newman. And to the right of me my compatriot in code the oh i can't say that word on the show something that begins with a c it has the letter s but also someone who begins with the letter c chris grabowski hi how's it going hi doing hi. all right and for those who aren't dolphins or dogs uh, to the left of me is eric he, he said his uh, name a little too high pitched there so you know yeah don't know if you can actually hear that no and to the and yes and to the and also to the right of me is the drummer for the show tyler dinner hi tyler how you doing what Huh? Turn my headphones up. Huh? What? You kids in the skateboards? Yeah. When I was your age, you didn't have broadcasts. And that Eric character saying something I can't hear so good. Yes. Well, how have you guys kids been? Kids in your podcasting and the computers. Uh, I'm pretty sweet. No uh, April Fool's antics this week for, uh, from us. Nah, nah. See, this is how you do the intro properly, Christian. You gotta give it the nice radio read. I thought you did a good job. I, you, this is why you don't do the intro. No. <laughs> I it's never okay. get to do the intro. You know, Tyler, honestly, you should have done the intro last week. But I don't know. Christian's right there. So he just he just said he, he, just, t- he just took it <laughs> with his toxic masculinity. He just took it. Anyway. Uh, what can little... I say? I'm He there took it go. and he walked six miles throughout the city with an Eric style. Yeah, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of uh, walking six miles with an Eric style, Eric's shoes have been stolen. <laughs> that shoes were made for walking, but... <laughs> I, I, who steals shoes? Well, I live in a gentrification building here in Bushwick, and... I mean, you did trust a hallway, so... That, I know, that was my issue. first mistake, but I said, oh, you, you, know, take, you have to get through two locked doors to get in here. And I got in here. Without, and Christian, yeah, it, yeah. you managed to get in here without buzzing me, and so yeah. did the person who stole my effing shoes. And you've done God. it for a long time. I've done. I've, I've had my shoes outside my apartment. I've lived here for almost. Two I've years. had my shoes outside your apartment. My, we all have. Yep. And it was fine. I feel violated. Fine. It was fine until this yeah, morning. Safe. Or rather, earlier today. Uh, my girlfriend's going to leave, and then she goes, "Eric, where are my shoes?" And I say, "Well, they're right outside where we left them." And then she goes, "Where are your shoes?" I'm like, oh! After I finished borrowing them. I, uh, what was that? (laughs) You put her shoes back after you finished borrowing them. Yes, because we have the same size feet. (laughs) The thing is, is that, no, we just, I ran up and down my hallway, they were gone. And because I, I have I have a little problem, I, uh, I have my orthotics. I have orthotics over custom made. Yeah, you ran down the hallway with your asthma? (laughs) <laughs> that was I used my inhaler when I got back. <laughs> but the thing is, is that I still got my asthma. They couldn't seal that for me. But <laughs> I wish. Um, no, but I was just like, who steals shoes? There weren't particularly nice shoes. They were Nike Cortez I got from Amazon. They were like 70 bucks. What are they going to get for them? 30 bucks? They will go fast in this neighborhood, though. Nah. Yeah. That's true. Stupid Nike shoes. The thing is, is that I now for the I've been wearing Nike shoes since I was sixteen, and it was until today. I, I turned thirty-one next month, which let's not talk about that. But I since I was sixteen, I've been wearing Nike shoes until today, and now I had to get a pair of less than Nikes, and it is terrible. Are we going to a steakhouse again? No, <laughs> no, no, we're not. Uh, yeah, let's like, steak. Yeah, no, that would have been funny. And uh, oh, that's right. 
It looks like someone wants to go to a steakhouse because that sound you heard came from our wonderful studio audience. We keep them in a Tupperware container during the week and we take them out on Sundays just for us. And it's a nice, warm, not warm, springy Sunday evening that I can't go outside and enjoy because I don't have shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you could put your feet in tissue boxes. You wouldn't be the first person around here to do that. No, you know, I have used my, I have used my like observations of what homeless people do for shoes. And I was like, well, I've got duct tape and trash bags. That could be something. But uh, no, I, I just, I luckily live two blocks away from three shoe stores. And uh, I went to one of them. They only let you try in one of the shoes. Did you legit have one pair of shoes? Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm not a, I'm not right? a, I'm, well, does, I, what cult are I you a, in? I have a like, pair of dress shoes. Do you not have running storage. shoes? Oof. My Cortez are all, all terrain. What? Yeah, that's not even healthy for you. What isn't? So do you have one pair of shoes to always wear, both for workouts and, uh, like, what, casual? When I walk 12 miles at a time? Yeah, no, you should have separate shoes, because otherwise your feet... You realize that running shape. shoes are only made for, like, 120 miles, so I would have to buy new $100 running shoes every week and a half. That's false. That's, not, that's, that's like saying two-week disposable contacts my, have to my be thrown out after two weeks. I've got a brother weeks. who runs tracking runs th- 30 miles a day. And how long do his shoes, shoes last? At least a year. Really? I mean, I wear through my. I wear through my. He gets them free because his school is sponsored by Nike, but like, whatever. But uh, so maybe you don't even know how many shoes he goes. My analogy was better. Was that Tyler? One year. My analogy was better. Which was what? That's like two week disposable contacts. They don't have to be thrown out in two weeks. You can use those things for two or three months if you take (laughs) care of them. I guess, but what happens is you wear through the bottom. You wear through the hole, uh, the, the sole with a hole. You don't wear through anything. I do. That's why I have to get new shoes every three months. Anyway, let's move on to something not about shoes because I actually managed to pick up a pair so I can go outside, but now my feet hurt because I don't have my orthotics. This, and he's this, got asthma. Oh, I man. know. I know. Cousin <laughs> Kyle. No, but the thing is, is that this is going to cost me like five hundred dollars. Yeah, that's not funny anymore. No, that that does suck. Yeah, yeah, I have to get. I have to get. Now I have to wait three weeks and I have to spend five hundred dollars to get new orthotics so I can walk. Like you, uh, I almost two words. I almost said on the show that I can't. Now I'm up to three. Anyway, let's talk about something else that gives me uh, reason to curse this show. Spot or uh, Spotify went public this week, mm-hmm. and some uh, some of us bought shares in Spotify and then it took a dive. And then it came back up. It is not at the level where it was when we bought the shares. It's gonna go up. I think it down. opened way too high. If it had opened fifty bucks like Facebook, that would have been fine. But it opened up at one sixty. Wow, that's that's, really that's high. very high. I would expect it to hit one sixty in six months if it opened up at eighty. But it opened up at one sixty and then immediately fell down to one thirty. And of course, Christian tells me, "Hey, Spotify is what well, you are one sixty. We got to get in on this." And so both of us buy it. And then within a day, I lose $100, so I back out. And I'm sure as soon as I back out, the stock went right back up. Now it's fine. (laughs) There's, yes. It's not at 160. Is it? I'll buy it again. I didn't lose any money. Oh, I did. I don't know what it is right now, actually. Eric, Um, we're not going to take you to a casino ever. It's at 148. Yeah, that's not bad. I should have bought it when it was down to 139. It's it's not bad. It was at what you bought. You bought it at 160. So you're losing money. I didn't. I bought it after it dipped. What? That wasn't when you told me to buy it. I know. I was. <laughs> that's mean. I didn't mean to. That's mean. That was just the way things no, worked out. No, that's very mean. That was Christian. not my intention. That's it worked no, out that that's way. You're busy cool. and you can't buy it that second. Yeah, and then you no, acted I, first. I, I had a meeting. You said do it now. I had a, I had a meeting and when oh I came back it was one thirty and that's when I hit the buy. Oh my god! I get screwed again. Now that's six hundred dollars that I'm out. If you don't count the. All the other stocks that I purchased that are now losing money and Let's the move on from your finance channel. It's I a really one. <laughs> you, you gotta learn stats, dude. <laughs> I guess everything that I buy just dies. I can't buy stock. Anyway, 
Here's somebody that should be, a, I would love to be this guy's friend. It is the band leader for Wolfpack. He was actually on Jack Stratton. He was actually on uh, Squawk Alley on CNBC talking about Spotify's IPO because Wolfpack, Wolfpack actually found a loophole in Spotify's terms of use where they created a completely silent album and streamed it and they made $20,000 that they used to finance their first tour. Let's hear it from CNBC. Where is it? Oh. It's coming. <laughs> one of these. One of these buttons has got to do something. Something's happening, folks. Something's happening. You actually heard that right. In 2014, funk band Wolfpack. Okay. Hold on. Did something. There we go. Just a second. They're talking about their silent album called Sleepify. You actually heard that right. In 2014, funk band Wolfpack capitalized on a Spotify loophole, collecting 20 grand in royalties by asking users to stream its completely silent album, Sleepify, on repeat while they slept. The band later used the money to fund an admission-free tour for their fans before Spotify pulled the album. Joining us with more on that ahead of the IPO is the artist behind Sleepify, Wolfpack's leader, Jack Stratton. Jack, it's good to have you. Thanks Which, for joining us Which, by the way, you can see today. why he doesn't sing on the records as soon as you My hear. pleasure. Let's rock. <laughs> how many how many airings total have you gotten or did you get uh five million and it was uh it was removed under the terms violation that artists the artists shan't make money that that term <laughs> uh, but indeed indeed you did is is uh what was the net we mentioned twenty thousand dollars uh net yeah net well yeah that yeah, that we we got twenty grand and then uh, funded the tour with that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the the Kuros was though. Right. A after after all, you're going on a CNBC interview without having numbers like this is probably a bad idea. I'm just saying. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The costs. So what? I mean, what all do right. you want people to understand about their royalty structure? What, what lesson were you trying to impart on on listeners? Well, um, I should have cut this down. I suppose I suppose to understand their artist payout, you you need a new currency. Um, I call it I call it the pity. There are a hundred pennies in a dollar, a hundred pities in a penny, and uh, on a given play, the artist will make about sixty sixty pities, and and that rate seems to be dropping as well over the last year, and I don't know why. But um, uh, I and I, I haven't heard an explanation for that. But but that that's also uh, that's the all in. There's a bit. There's a slight difference between the writers and the labels and whatnot. But we're fully independent. I don't know. I don't know if he's if he's incredibly slow on this interview just to mess with them or not. I, I think he might just be a little high. Is all. You think? It seems a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like I like I've always wanted to I've I've had a dream where I have a I have a talk show. Hey, I have a talk show. No, but like I've had a dream where I have a talk show and I interview them and uh, I just hope what time. if he's like that on the interview and I'm just like this and I'm like very like and so your last album and he's just like um well for the last album that we did I uh, wrote all the songs and then we produced them and then we went on tour. And then you okay, and then you went on tour, and then you did what? And uh, we we toured like a lot of the U.S. And uh, okay, well that's great. Thank you so much, Jack. Anyway, <clears throat> another video. Uh, we won't play this. There was a 
someone shot at the place where videos came from, YouTube. That happened this week. No fatalities of YouTubers? No. Fortunately. No. Well, one uh, was in critical condition, but I believe they pulled through. Yes, and, uh, and it was a, uh, a woman... Who is Muslim and vegan, and she posted videos about. Uh, well, why are you bring up Muslim here? I mean, like vegan, I get, but wasn't well, she? Yeah, she was, but that's irrelevant. I'm just, you know, whenever they complain. No, about I mean, po- pointing out she's vegan, I totally get. Well, like, well you can't when you. I mean, whatever. Well, I You're also right. never mind. I the heard thing that is, is, that she posted videos mentioning rebellion, and I don't know if that had to do with Muslim founded rebellion or just. I don't know. What type or, of or about mm-hmm. militant veganism. I don't know. The thing is that she was very uh, against animal abuse, which is fine. Uh, and her videos were demonetized. And uh, then she shot up the place. And yeah, then, she and was mad herself. about the rule about not getting paid about out. About artists shan't make money. That's the rule. Well, they enforced the rule I mean, that you this need 10,000 subscribers to Like mental health situations, though, too. Where I th- like many of the shooters, I think, yeah. have this... A mental health yeah. situation. We don't care about mental health. No, we don't. No. Though, I shouldn't talk about no. sponsored no. content. No, no, no. <laughs> no I was nope. going to say, certain sponsored, I'll say certain websites sponsored content do do a good job at trying to make certain services that address uh, mental health a lot more uh, prevalent. Yeah, but... I don't know. I, and this is this is very hairy. I just uh, just because there was a shooting at YouTube, I felt I felt like we should talk about it. But the story has oddly been been silent. Has been it's not been buried, but not as many people have been talking about it as they have with other shooters yeah. that have not been. Well, because this happens to be at a tech company, it's I complicated so. too. One of the things was that YouTube changed the rule, and you wouldn't get paid out with until you got 10,000 subscribers, which screwed over a lot of people for sure, but it also was... Uh, but they made that rule change a while ago. That was yeah, way she, before Yeah, that. but she fell into that category really hard, and that's a lot of the way she lost her demonetization, and apparently that category was to uh, prevent scammers, because scammers would get up to one or 2,000 subscribers and then uh, before they'd get flagged, and then they'd take the money home from that. Speaking of not getting anywhere unless you have 10,000 subscribers, our podcast... Yeah. Uh, I went to a podcast Casting workshop this week in Dumbo, and uh, it was really cool. It was set up by uh, these Hollywood entertainment lawyers, and they and they mentioned uh, a few interesting things, like what had the uh, television studios and content creators or or producers are turning to podcasts as new ways of inspiration for TV shows. And I think Zach Braff is actually in a in a new TV show on ABC that is that has been inspired by a podcast. And so this workshop hmm. was if you were so lucky and you got plucked from obscurity and somebody wanted to turn your podcast into a show, what if I mean, that would be cool if they did that with us. Uh what would you how would you go through the negotiation what would you what type of rights would you reserve how would you operate and also with repeated calls to action to hire a lawyer since that's what they do and um, I lied to them and I said that we had 50,000 weekly subscribers and now they want to work with us and boy so can we uh, can we make some kind of report? Because hey, here's what's funny: they, friends, everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need fifty thousand people to listen to the show by Tuesday, or else I'm going to get sued. So let's let's go. The other thing is, Eric probably won't get sued. No, I, I won't. What's funny is they talk so much about successful podcast that was actually a question of mine. It was like, what what is a successful podcast? And they were like, we don't know. Actually, just you know, one that people listen to. So not ours. And people listen to it. Money. There, there, there's uh, ads. Uh. Well, that was the thing is yeah. that they said that, that. I mean, it seemed that monetization was the only uh, indicator of success. But, but the most successful podcast that I know of doesn't. I mean, it monetizes, but it, it, they don't have sponsors. It's all donation based. 
and they are completely well, outside. I mean, everybody's got a Patreon or a GoFundMe these days. The, no, these are actually they don't even have those. It's just they people send them checks or they use PayPal. I mean, I guess it's basically the same. You know what I mean? So, what would uh, Eric's Patreon be? <laughs> uh, I can imagine the comment section. Uh, if it has a comment section. Slash pneumonium, because it's the company that I use to produce all my content. Anyway, um, if you subscribe yeah, so to my was, Patreon, you'll get bonus footage of me covering a lot of songs on Kazoo. There you go. It's really you, awesome. You'll, you'll, get, him, you'll, get, you'll, you'll get, get him reenacting Justin Roiland hilarity for charity shorts. <laughs> you'll get me doing anything you want in a Bernie Sanders voice. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, though, is that uh, I asked them a very, a very telling question because they were talking about subscribers, and they said, you know, when you actually get fifty thousand or ten thousand subscribers, give us a call. And I said, but aren't the numbers behind counting subscribers fud like all funky because there's not unless you control the player, you don't really know that how many uniques are really uniques. That's not true. And they said That's that it true. is true. No. Yes. No. How do you know if I download? Well, I, I guess unless if I download a, a copy of Pull Request, mm-hmm. our podcast, on my computer, and then I go out on my phone and download uh, another copy of that podcast, that counts as two different downloads. Those are two uniques, technically, even though it's not. It's well, yeah, the same can be said for Radiohead albums. <laughs> no, on the uh, ones no, that were no. the ones that were purchased online, no, streamed through Spotify, yes, but the ones that are bought in stores, so, no. And this is no, but I meant like so the ones that are the easy, first one to do downloads to, for free. Pay what you want. There's an easy way to identify. That was one album. There's an easy way to identify uh, these unique listeners, and it's the same way that websites uh, identify unique visitors and such. And that, inject that's a bunch of JavaScript into their part of it. But different that, code. That, 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 that's, that's, that's like uh, tra- tracking. But if you can also view any of the particular uh, just lower level traffic, like if you're looking at the layer four traffic, you can see okay, this is coming from this source IP address. Again, if I'm outside on the cell network versus inside mm, on my home network, no, no, what? That's, so, what if he goes to so different cer- Starbucks? Cer- certain uh, protocols like DNS have things mm-hmm. called e- e- eDNS client subnet for DNS uh, specific, where you can actually see that like this is this particular MAC address and uh, um, IP. Those are all completely thing. different. It's a different IP range. But, it's a completely different MAC address because it's my phone. Christian, are you saying there's I'm saying, I'm saying if you control my, my computer, if here, you control all the distrib- the entire distribution of your podcast, you can get all these metrics very easily. Fine. Then you know what? We don't we control all the metrics on our podcast. We do not. Because if we're you on had, Amazon. So if we if we're on we YouTube, we're on available? YouTube. No, because we're on Amazon. They don't let us have it. By the way, Amazon. Uh, we're still we're paying for Amazon now because yep. we spent a year in their free tier, and I got my first billing statement. Guess how much money I had to spend to keep our show afloat? Twenty dollars. Uh, One tenth of a cent. Somewhere in between that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dollar twenty. <laughs> wow. So, thank you to our wonderful pull request listeners, because I think when our podcast actually makes it, I'm going to look at my credit card statement, I'm going to owe, like, $20,000. Like, what happened? <laughs> like, oh, no, you got what you wanted. People are listening to your show. No! <laughs> we're, 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 we're doing the Amazon model. Where we're actually losing money to become successful. You know, if it, let's, let's, let's stick to that. I like that, because they kept getting outside investment, and they kept losing money, and they, yeah, it's great. Anyway. We're, um, we're really behind. <laughs> we are. Uh, anyway, how much time are we actually in? Who cares? Who cares? Oh, it's time no, for the next segment of. <laughs> uh, well, there are well, a couple things that we wanted to talk about off the top of the show because today's show is going to be an acronym soup. 
Um, there's there's a couple of well, upcoming... I think before any of the acronyms, though, we get into, there's a one important... That's right. We're all slowly drinking out of this bottle of Manischewitz that's been left over from Passover that you can't drink on its own. So that's... what we're doing is, as we're doing the show, we're just taking a swig and passing it around. That's also not what I was thinking of, I know it isn't, but I wanted to mention that before you talk about your... New... Laptop. So <laughs> I, I ordered a new laptop, and the only reason why it's uh, really what is it? news is uh, so it's called the Galaga Pro from this place. System seventy six. System seventy six makes it. Tell me, you bought a laptop with a mechanical clickety clackety keyboard? They make that, but no, it, those would be gigantic. This is a nice little thirteen inch, but it's got to be as those have to be as big as like the Macintosh portable. Uh, they are like a seventeen inch laptop. But oh, but what about your hands, or your wrists? Uh, I usually uh, type on laptops with a keyboard separately. But I thought you said you had to have like an expensive keyboard or else your wrist won't work. Yeah, external. It hurts a lot, like like right now. Well, then why can't I get you <laughs> a silent keyboard to do the show? Because those are different. Oh, come on. But anyway. Tell so us about your the, the important thing, though, is... <laughs> It has Does it as, have 32 gigs of RAM? It has as much power as my desktop that I happen to record the show on. When does it have 32 remotely. gigs of RAM? It does. Does it have a 4 gigabyte video card? It, uh, yes, but it's Intel. Not any of the special ones. Uh, integrated? Yeah. Ew. Yeah. So it actually takes, so then you have 28 gigs of RAM. No, it has its own uh, memory bus that's soldered onto the, uh... Oh. Yeah. Okay. But it's still Intel. But into Iris so what's crazy though is my uh, so the the processor is one of the craziest parts. Which is what four gigahertz actual four core uh, laptop CPU. Which my desktop Intel. Yeah, and my desktop out of the box the CPU is clocked at four gigahertz four four cores. So I, I overclocked that, but still. Well, Intel what? Uh, this is the i seven eighty five fifty U. Wow. Yeah. Four gigahertz out of the box. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Intel stagnation a little later, uh, because even at 4 gigahertz, they seem to be lagging behind some of the ARM chips that Apple's producing, but we'll talk about that later. And and the Wi-Fi card almost does 1 gigabit per second. That's pretty good. AC? Yep. Nice. Uh, Atlantic City? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It has a slot machine when you connect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the only thing is you got to talk to Gary Busey about the show he did around there first. Which is, it, it, it's Gary a, which Busey is, goes that, to not, no, sorry, not Gary Busey. I was Louis getting Black. No, I'm getting him confused with uh, uh, the the, the Boardwalk Black. Empire guy. Uh, Steve the Buscemi? eyes, yes, Steve Buscemi. 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 Whatever. But you know that that, that is a lot to pay. A conversation with him. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So you have a uh, four gigabyte video card, thirty two gigs of RAM. Is it a pixel double display, Retina display? Yes. Well, full resolution. No, well, it can't. It can't actually say that because of trademarks. Re- re- yeah, but it, it it's is pixel doubled. So is yeah. it four K? And then you basically view nineteen twenty by ten eighty. It's just under. It's just under four K. I think it's technically three K. Technically, is it is it like like the Apple one that's like twenty eight eighty by eighteen hundred? Higher resolution than that actually. It's like uh, three thousand by thirty ninety six, or is it actually three thousand? Um. Weird that I send it in one channel. Thirty-seven. Uh, it is thirty-two by eight eighteen. Thirty-two what? Thirty-two hundred by eighteen hundred. Uh, Hi DPI. Thirty-two over eighteen. That's sixteen by nine. That is. That's going to be so sweet to write PHP on. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the, the biggest reason for getting such a beefy You're gonna laptop... You're going to have a 4K terminal actually, window. <laughs> in all honesty, the, the biggest reason to get such a beefy laptop is compile C++. Because now you can have 20 lines of text on one screen and not... Well, no, it's more so that C++ takes so long to compile, so I need to... That 40-year-old language is a real bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, 
Moving on, we're really behind, so we can cut out a few things. Um, I wanted to talk really quickly about uh, two acronyms. Like I said, this episode's an acronym soup. Uh, but two acronyms that have come up uh, relevant to us, one, in the, one uh, to us Americans and one to us Europeans. We're not us. That's them. Anyway, uh, yeah, we've got the FOSTA Act, which is something about uh, yeah. human trafficking over websites. Now... That sounds like, in the way that our wonderful government does things, they always, you know, like like Child Protection Act. You, how would you? You don't you don't want to help kids, and then you know, that act allows you, them to spy on you. You wouldn't download a child, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> so this one prevents people from listening or downloading children, and um, I mean that's not entirely removed from the truth. Like it says, uh, expresses that uh, that the, the Section Two Thirty of the Communications Act of 1934 was not intended to provide legal protection to websites. Of course not. Uh, that unlawfully promote and facilitate prostitution, sorry, Christian, and websites that facilitate traffickers, <laughs> that facilitate traffickers in advertising for the uh, in advertising the sale of unlawful sex acts with sex trafficking victims. You sound like the fine print of like a commercial. Well, this is the real act. But the thing is, is that uh, there was someone who was already indicted under this. Uh, Donald Trump? No, it was the guy who started Backpage. He actually was uh, arrested recently under human trafficking because they found out that that was happening on his website. Website. But what did they really have to look that hard? Okay, but they still found it. The thing is, is that this has actually had ramifications for Reddit and Craigslist. I don't know about 4chan, but a lot of you, a lot of forums that uh, ha- used to have unlimited content are now really starting to crack down because of that. You can't. There's, they're, they're whittling away at the safe harbor provision, which had allowed content carriers, content providers, the immunity from the content that was published on their system by a third party. This whittles away at that because it says that they are responsible for anything. So your Craigslist escort escort services, I'm getting your Long Island escort services, uh, can't be listed anymore. I'm sorry, Christian. The, how am I going to make money? You got to go it out gets, on 42nd Street like everyone else. Who's going to pay for these hoop earrings now? <laughs> it gets <laughs> really Kanowski. scary when you consider whether or not and how far that extends as uh, as opposed to like a text app. You know, because if you just make, you know. Okay, you post an ad and people get stuff. Well, then it you know people get sold on that. That's terrible. Well, how far does it go? Because honestly, you could probably do that with WhatsApp or like a messaging app too. Well, exactly, so, and that mm-hmm. and that whittles away. How that, far does it go? What ty- what is the bare minimum that your app has to do to to allow that? That's a great point, Tyler. Because they can say a oh, human trafficking might be going on in WhatsApp. We have to see all the tra- we have to see all the data. You can't decrypt. Well, so I think WhatsApp okay. has uh, you can't man it's encrypted for the man in the middle, but they don't have encrypted at rest like Telegram does. Ah, and that explains why Telegram was actually recently banned in Russia. But that's another story. Um, they take they ban a lot of stuff. Yes, uh, but there's uh, on the on the heels Eat of Fa- sport on the heels of Foster. There is the GPDR that stands well, for actually, GPDR started first, not, not and then Foster came after. That doesn't, I didn't, that doesn't matter. It, the GPDR stands for what? General Data Protection Regulation. I thought it was Greek Debt something. Really? Right. GDPR. <laughs> Greek Debt Repayment. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen. Uh, sorry. Keep making the yogurt, Ooh, though. You know, I'm here's hungry. the thing. If they had yeah. if they had put a, a royalty fee or trademark on Greek yogurt, they'd be out of debt. Meanwhile, most of those Greek yogurt companies are U.S.-based. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, but they call it Greek yogurt. But if they, if they were recipe. like, you can't call it Greek unless it's unless you pay us some pennies. Oh, they'd call it like organic yogurt yeah, or that's something. True. Greek the, style. The French yeah. should it's have like trademarked those fries. Right? That's like the California champagne. Yeah, and, and French fries. Hey, here's a question. Christian alerted me to this. Do you say seltzer, Tyler? 
Seltzer? It's a thing. No, but do you like... Do you, do you well, ask for it? Because you, you definitely soda? say soda more often than seltzer. Yeah, I usually say so, a seltzer, actually. Really? I, I could have sworn to, you usually go soda. I just switched to soda because I was, I was afraid to soda? get club soda, which is... Is there a difference between club soda oh, and no. seltzer? No, but there's a difference between tonic water and all the rest. Yes. And yeah. that's what I never wanted. And I was afraid. I used to get club soda and tonic water confused. So I, go, I would say seltzer instead. Oh. Uh, okay. Okay. Christian said that you don't say seltzer because you're from California. I definitely usually hear you go tequila and soda. Uh, Now I do. Now that I have confidently learned over the last year that soda and seltzer is the same thing. Are they the same thing? Yes. They're pretty much the same thing. I think maybe the difference is carbonation levels, but... Ah, here we go. But there is a notable difference between the two. Unlike seltzer, mineral-like ingredients are added to club soda to enhance the flavor. If you look at the list of ingredients, you'll likely see potassium bicarbonate and potassium sulfate listed. There you go. So it's mineral water making me mineralized plus carbonation. That's the difference. And you know the cool at the spa. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Backpage.com seized in Fed shutdown. That's not the first time they've been targeted like that. Anyway, the GPDR, and then we got to get to the actual show. uh, The General Data Processing Protection Act. Uh, is in the EU, and most of our U.S.-based tech giants do business in the EU. Uh, it includes something important, like the right to be forgotten, which is something that will be basically impossible in the 21st century, but they want to try in the EU, and they say that if you delete or request to delete your data, that you, they have to delete all traces of you. Or, if you ask Google to delete your webpage from their index, they have to delete everything about the webpage and all of the things that are associated with it in their index. From a technical and standpoint, that could be uh, the web page one could be a pain. The well, which would be a bigger pain? If you, if which you, would be it, a bigger pain? As long pain, as you tie you all your data to a user, then the removing a user is a lot easier. But would, would the bigger pain being having someone from Brussels call you every week and yell at you and threatening fines, or would it actually be to work in the measure to do this? Neither of them well, are good. So here's the thing: if you're Google, the fines are actually probably easier to handle. But if you're that's true. If you're like uh, some startup that just got like their only like 10 million Series A going, 10 million goes by quick in the startup world. So you know you're you're gonna want to actually deal with this. Gotcha. I have opinion. Did you guys we'll uh, did you guys see the article about the guy who spent a hundred thousand dollars to uh, clear his name? No, no. Yeah, to, to get his, he spent a hundred thousand dollars to get his name off of Google or to get an article off of Google because someone that he worked with, uh, he was like a, a a finance lawyer, something like that, uh, or basically a trust fund guy. And some someone came to him to try to like do stuff with assets and money, and they just seemed really shady. So eventually, he helped get them arrested, and then that guy got out of jail a few years later and was to, uh, moved back to his country. His visa ran up, and then he uh, made a defamatory article, and like, it was really bad. Uh, I, I forget the exactly what was in the article, but it was it was terrible about the guy. And basically said that this guy's a crook or whatever. Don't work with him. He robbed me or all that. When really the guy just did some justice and he helped the system out. And uh, and, and he appealed to Google and it took over a year and a whole bunch of lawyers and a hundred grand in legal fees to finally get Google after a lawsuit to take that page and take that article off of the results. Wow. So in Europe, this article came up recently because in Europe, that's there's a law against that. If you have stuff that that defamatizes you, or you just don't want to be publicly listed, you can request that, and they have to take it down. Or 
get a giant fine, which, like Christian said, the fine might be worth it for a giant company like Google. However, that's the fines are probably what the EU wants because they need money. So, anyway, <laughs> since we're luckily not the European Union, even though half of our taxes do go to some other place, which happens to be... New York City. Let's take a look at our five boroughs. I actually forgot to add anything. I don't think a lot happened this week. No, New York was kind of quiet this week. You know? Yeah. They, I, you know what it was? It probably was. I did my taxes, so they were like, oh boy, we're getting Christians. Money. No, 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 no. Uh, a cop shot an unarmed guy. In I Crown Heights, I really hate to say it, but that's not news. Cop shot New York, unarmed New York NYC. It was he was holding a pipe. That's really not news. No, it wasn't a smoking pipe. It was like a plumbing pipe. No, I, I know this is not news. This is this is real news. No, this is a regular happening here. Office, we know what happened. That's really, I mean, that was really the biggest story. Uh, here's one from the Daily News. Trump once fought legislation requiring sprinklers in New York buildings. That's hilarious, but Those again... damn government like, regulations that, cost this money. Is, this is not like a, whoa, this is just like, yeah. Look, it's hard to top your house burns down, and while your house is burning down, you get robbed. That's what we had last week. No, wasn't it like once the house was burnt down, they had to move into temporary housing? Then, then they got they robbed. Yeah. Right. It's hard to top that one. It really is. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's that's it, really. <laughs> he does the, uh, Scott does the horns. That's, we know. Anyway, Christian doesn't know. Eric's uh, a real big fan. I'm a, <laughs> ah, that's funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, any too. conferences coming up? Smashing Mag conference is coming up soon. I guess uh, I go to that. Soonest one that I know of is actually the one I'm speaking at in June. Ah, Smashing Mag one is, is, is uh, this this month. Okay. I only know conferences I speak at now. That's kind of true. I only know conferences <laughs> where I speak and I refuse to promote our podcast because I, I, legally, I can't. legally can't, even though I bet I could if I tried. Anyway, uh, let's move on to something that you can promote, Christian. <laughs> Because it's time for our GitHub Issues of the Week. First GitHub Issue of the Week comes to us from Go MySQL Server. Go Go MySQL Server. Go Go MySQL Server. Well, is no, a, it's, it's actually called Go. Go MySQL Server is a Go implementation of MySQL. I was trying to make a, uh, Inspector, a joke? Ga- Inspector Gadget joke. Uh, all right. SQL logic tests. Panic comparing literal and column. What's going on? So in a unit test here for the... Don't uh, say unit tests. I've been writing unit tests for three weeks. <laughs> I've been writing unit tests for 10 hours a day for three weeks. Yeah, that's, I am so burnt out. That's what the, the downside to the front end. I don't know. Anywho, the issue here I don't is... I want to talk about unit tests. The issue here Can is do that... another one? <laughs> no, fine. <laughs> the, the, the issue, issue here, here is what? Is that in the unit test, they're comparing uh, an interface to a... Uh, uh, a constant literal integer, so you have like an actual value written in uh, one side of the comparison. So like this is like an equals equals, and on one side you oh, have oh, so it's like an object versus an int. Well, yeah, basically. So you have in one side you have like the actual uh, number numeric value that you expect, and on the other side you have the value that you found, and the value that you found is coming back as an interface. It's being casted as an int sixty four because you're unit testing on a sixty four sixty uh, four bit system, system so right. it's going to default to that. And so the only solution here is you just have to cast that uh, particular How value. How an interface uh, is being cast to an integer? What kind of integer does that create? It's an object, isn't it? 
so in Go, uh, uh, an interface is the, the most basic type bit where you can have any value be an interface. So, but it's still an object, isn't it? The, uh, everything, uh, no, no, not necessarily. It's more of Don't like take a, off your shirt, Tyler. Oh, damn. Getting steamy in here. But guys, <laughs> look, if you, have, if, you want, if you want to do that, you have to share. We're shooting porn later. Come you on. Never let me take off my shirt. <laughs> oh, we do, just not on the podcast. But um, <laughs> so uh, what I was saying with the inter- uh, interface thing, think of it more like Void Star than uh, like an object. That's Tyler taking off his shirt music. <laughs> <laughs> a little late with that. Two, three, four. Okay. Well, the thing is, is that I, I you have to find it. I don't have it all up on a. I don't have profit. That's excuses. A, I, you know, profit's really expensive. That's the system that radio stations use to try, do all the drops. <laughs> you don't have a profit. You're still waiting, expecting he's going to come. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's good. That was that was really it was pretty fun. <laughs> wow. Even a high five. You guys yeah. love those Jews. It's so hard being a Jew. Anyway. Uh, all right, so you're comparing an interface which can be cast to an int, but what kind of integer does that create? So the constant is being defaulted to an int 32, and no, I know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. When I say the type, I meant like what kind of like is it just a hash? Is it like a no? It's an, it's just the integer value. Like the actual value stays the same. It's just now saying it's a different type. Oh, but the value of the interface is it's a whole object. No, think of it more like void star in C than object in Java. Okay. So what's the, is there a solution? Yeah, they, the just have, they just have to cast the type. To 64 instead of 32. Uh, to either or, yeah. Either or. Okay, cool. Well, let's move on to our next GitHub issue of the week. Our next GitHub issue of the week comes to us from not Rails, but Sales. <laughs> Certain special characters in MySQL database password causing problem. You know, my MySQL database password is only emoji. Try typing that on a regular keyboard. <laughs> you got to log in over your cell phone. I actually have to log in on an iOS cell phone because of the iOS specific emoji. <laughs> See, security through obscur- obscurity might work. Anyway. I mean, is it just eggplant, eggplant, eggplant? No. <laughs> Maybe. Um, anyway, what's the, <laughs> what's the issue here? So, uh, first of sales is this, um, it's like Rails for JavaScript. Why isn't it called Jails? Because that's already a thing in tech. No, but it's whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm done with arguing. Go on. <laughs> anyway, three weeks of unit tests have broken my spirit, Christian. I'm just... <laughs> Your spirit gets broken a lot, actually. No, it's, I, need, I need to see a therapist. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so Eric unit tests too much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the thing is, like, uh, the special characters in this MySQL password, and it's first of all, why is the code even looking at the password. It should just pass it directly through to MySQL to do the authentication. And that's essentially what's going on here uh, for the fix, uh, which they just linked to a Trello board. But, yeah, that's what they're do- They're going to do. They're going to do what? Exactly? It's just ignore any of the content of the particular buffer that carries the password to uh, for MySQL and just pass it along. Is it trying to sanitize it before it sends it to MySQL? Is that what it's doing? Or Yeah, which you really shouldn't be doing even. Why? Because if you're looking at the, the at the, what the password, it so my that's really my it's still reading the plain text password basically. Yeah. Okay. It's really my, you should probably be ha- like hashing that on the the client side anyway, and then sending it over. And uh, but it really should be MySQL's job to be sanitizing the passwords. Gotcha. How about PHP's? Dear God, no. They have MySQL real escape string. 
Yep. Yeah, they do. Sanitizers. All right. Our next GitHub issue of the week comes to us from Standard Web, STD Web, the part of the web that you can get gonorrhea. No, it's the stud web. Oh, stud web. Web for stud. No, it's more stud web. <laughs> yes. How do I pass an array buffer from JavaScript to Rust? What is Rust exactly? Rust is uh, a functional uh, compiled language. Uh, so think of like functional C++ basically instead of object oriented. And not Objective C. That's not no. That's also object oriented. Yeah. Okay. So how do they? How do you do it? So you do it by actually including JavaScript into the context that the WebAssembly is running in. Wow. And so it's kind of like uh, using, oh, that's what this using is. V8 through this. SCD Web is WebAssembly. Yeah, this is a standard library for WebAssembly applications. Interesting. Yep. What is the uh, JS exclamation point function? Yeah. So uh, word exclamation point function in Rust is a macro. So think of it like uh, when you use like defines and then something in C or C++. It's like that. And so, so this defines JS as a function? Yeah, th- there's a constant function somewhere defined in standard web called JS. That's, uh, it's opening up, like it's detecting the browser's uh, JavaScript interpreter, opening it up to run this particular code, and the array buffer is just sent within that context. Gotcha. And then they have the spread operator like they do in ES6. Yep. Cool. Um, so what's the solution? I guess they have the solution. Yeah, we, we kind of went through it. Just went through it. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Nope. Cool. Well, then let's move on to our last GitHub issue of the week. Our last GitHub issue of the week comes to us from a Midwestern video game character. No. Sanic. Well, kind of, I guess. Yeah, Sanic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if Sonic were from Chicago, he'd be Sanic. <laughs> anyway, Python Kafka producer does not work with multi-worker Python framework like Sanic and Gipronto. What's Gipronto? I have no clue, but I love the name. Geez, we're coming running out of names. Okay. <laughs> What's Kafka? Kafka is a stream-based uh, message queuing system. Okay. And so Python Kafka producer does not work with multi-worker Python framework like Sanic and Gipronto. So what's going on? So uh, this guy's trying to use like a multi-worker mode for Sanic and trying to send messages to Kafka. And a uh, real, real heavy Chicago accent for these. <laughs> but um, And it's failing. And the guy, unfortunately, isn't really presenting a lot of info to it, so you can't really tell for certain. But uh, I believe it's because Kafka's producer is a single connection that has to maintain to be open. So passing it across uh, th- uh, if you're doing like a multi-processing thread mode, which is what it sounds like it's doing, it's uh, th- that's costly and kind of error-prone, so you got to really do one of two things, which is uh, provide synchronization around the connections or do like a connection pool, which is just each thread gets its own connection. Cool. And I guess there's nothing really to add to that. Yep. All right. All right, all right. All right, all right. Yeah. Well... <laughs> After our GitHub issues, it's time for Tyler's Plus One! Our pull request plus one to where we send out well wishes and acknowledgments of awesomeness to people and other organizations. Who's our first plus one this week, Tyler? Number one goes to Stanford. Stanford. Stanford gets plus one because they had a study that proved after two years that working from home works. As long as you don't have city skylines on your computer at the same time. (laughs) Oh, no. crap, it's still running. 
Eric. Well, at least, and you say my kidding. computer's not powerful enough to render video. I'm playing a game at 1080p while recording the show. I think I, I've never okay. said that. Oh, to render uh, like uh, high, high uh, definition video, but to that's pl- 1080p. I can edit that. No problem. No. Anyway, like, if, we're taking away from yeah. Tyler. Stanford. Stanford Working from home study, They worked with a big airline. Yada yada yada. I, they didn't give a lot of details and numbers, so I'll just skip the article details and just say that Oregon from Home works, apparently, according to Stanford, and let's push for that. Okay. I actually get to work from home every Friday. It's pretty awesome. It's actually my most productive day, too, for work, actually. Uh, like, I'll get, like, so get many... to jerk off while working from home? No. But I'll, uh, I'll open, like, a, a solid, like, five pull requests as opposed to three. Cool. Nice. I get to work from home every couple of weeks. Or, sorry, every couple of days. Couple of days a week. There we go. I need a. I'm not having any more this one. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, your next plus one goes to goes to Boeing and Airbus because those two companies are now exploring the possibility of electric plane engines. Ooh. Yeah. Doesn't that mean if your plane gets struck by lightning, it's going to kill it? Ooh. Backup like, engine. Run on gas. I, I it depends if it's a hybrid or if it's fully electric. I don't understand how that works though. What's providing the thrust then? The electric engine. But the whole reason Spins why... the turbines yeah. versus the gas. Oh, so we're moving back to propellers. I mean, don't they have... It's a jet, jet engine. have a propeller in them. But the, the whole the whole propelling there is actually the the, uh, the uh, combustion of the jet fuel. Okay, well, maybe they're really sweet propellers. God. Oh, I see what you're saying. I don't know what they look like. So there's no thrust provided by just electric. I don't know. Well, that's why they're exploring it. Okay. <laughs> and your third plus one goes to... Someone. Someone. <laughs> okay. Someone because for the first time in basically a long time, maybe forever, uh, less iOS apps have been published this quarter than the previous quarter. So for the first time since 2007, there are fewer iOS apps out now. Published. Published. Newer. Uh, well, don't we fewer, have enough? Newer apps. Fewer that's like, new apps. I feel like that's complaining that Congress doesn't pass enough laws. Like, aren't there enough already? <laughs> Yeah, but Apple, yeah, but what? We Apple's got everything in up. Everyone's mad at them. No one's investing. People are looking at Android. They got that market share, and Apple's going down. Apple's going down. You say? I might agree with you, Tyler. Let's do a very cool transition to my. Because we're going. These do not sound good. Play together. No, they? these sound terrible. Apple attack. It sounds like you're trying to listen to your headphones because you got the guy on the Timbali in the subway uh, playing, too. Yeah. This week, Tim Cook appeared on MSNBC to make an Apple attack against Facebook. Cook had some inflammatory words about, uh, about Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, another douchebag from Long Island like some people on the show. For example, whoa, stating whoa, that whoa. I wouldn't be I in this I prefer the word just douche. Noted. I wouldn't be, for example, stating I wouldn't be in this situation when asked what he would have done in Zuckerberg's shoes. Quote, we could make a ton of money if we monetized our customers like Facebook did. But if our, if our customers were our product, we've elected not to do that. We're not going to traffic in your personal life. Cook also said that Apple's customers are not the company's product and that the well-crafted regulation is necessary to prevent another Cambridge Analytical style, Analytica-style scandal. Quote, It's clear to me that something, some large, profound change is needed 
I'm not personally a fan of regulation because sometimes regulation can have unexpected consequences. However, I think this certain situation is so dire and has become so large, probably some well-crafted regulation is necessary. Yeah. No bias. No bias. <laughs> not, not, not. It was quite transparent in that interview. Uh, Apple faces a lawsuit over the heart rate sensor in its Apple Watch from Omni MedSci. They fought a lawsuit in the Eastern District of Texas, where I was two weeks ago. They Claim- said that was fat. That was not fat. It was big bone. <laughs> right. Claiming that it was like a Mexican carbon. <laughs> that was not what I was going for, but that is hilarious. Uh, Omni MedSci filed a lawsuit in the Eastern District of Texas, claiming that Apple willfully engaged infringed on its patents and asking for an injunction against Apple along with its damages. Now, the Eastern Di- District of Texas, I believe, has some kind of laws that make it more amenable to patent lawsuits, and that's why they're suing them there. That- that's another story. No, the, the, uh, what it is is the courts generally uh, rule in favor of the uh, persecution. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Apple was selling people sex lives because they know their heart rates. If they had the patent on it, that's fine. Uh, Apple first introduced the Apple Watch, blah, 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 blah. Omnimedsai, the company suing Apple, is owned by Mohammed Islam, who in 2015 was described by a Detroit news site. Are you making fun of someone's name? No. It's his name. Who in 2015 was described by a Detroit news site as, quote, a poster child for patenting for a patenting professional. He owns six companies and has collected more than 150 patents. So he's basically a patent troll who's suing Apple. Moving on, my last Apple attack. Oh, Tim Cook to be deposed in Apple versus Qualcomm on June 27th. That's moving to court, and he will have to take the stand, and he will be asked many questions about why Apple sucks now. He's getting <laughs> deported? What? Exactly. Uh, he, the, Fed, the Federal Trade Commission in January accused Qualcomm of violating the FTC Act by using anti-competitive tactics and abusing its patent portfolio to remain the dominant supplier of LTE chips for smartphones, and in June, a judge ruled that Qualcomm will face an antitrust lawsuit. Apple and Apple suppliers have stopped paying licensing fees to Qualcomm in the midst of this lawsuit, and Apple has maintained that Qualcomm's practice of charging a percentage of iPhone's entire value is excessive. Qualcomm, meanwhile, says its technology is at the heart of every iPhone, and probably every smartphone that uses LTE. Because it does the same... Don't they do the single uh, single chips uh, CDMA GSM that every cell phone this decade has? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, so... Don't put all your eggs in one basket, but yet they did. And that's our Apple Attack! Yeah. That was a nice lead-in that you had there, Tyler, into my segment. Thank you. You're, you're losing your momentum. You were you had all that that anger, that... <laughs> yeah. Electric in the air. Now you got to be what? angry at someone else. you got to shift it. What do you mean? I'm you losing my momentum. take your anger across the pond. Because you're angry at Apple, and now it's time for you to be angry at... Uh... Theresa May murders the internet! Is that really what's next? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is, because we don't have the FCC stuff this week. Uh, Well, here's the thing. Oh, you didn't have time to be pissed off at that in between. (laughs) Exactly. Well, here's the thing, is that um, the Department of Justice made a push to unlock phones. However, that article was removed from the New York Times, so I don't know what actually happened there. And that wasn't about Theresa May. That was about the Department of Justice. There's something that's brewing. Uh, the, the fight against encryption has been renewed. It has been revived. And they, there is a good chance that the geniuses in Washington are, are more amenable to this type of garbage. But 
from what I remember from the article, it, the, the Department of Justice is reportedly working with actual computer scientists and not just lobbyists to figure out a way to safely retrieve data from an encrypted device while without damaging the encryption. What does that mean? That your data is probably not going to be encrypted. All they want is make it so no one can get that data except us. Well, like, so later in the show... Now just remember, just remember there was that article that we, we talked about, that the TSA master key was, pr- was 3D printed from photos that were published in the Washington Post. Hmm. And that's the only thing. Photos of odd angles of enough. They got three photos of that. They made the master key that can unlock all this TSA-compliant uh, luggage. Well, and so when the government says, oh, we're going to keep this master key safe, they can't even do that at the TSA. There's an inside guy at the Washington Post. <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, Woodward and like, Bernstein, uh, part two. Later in the show, we'll talk about a particular technology that uh, one of the early proposals, and they say it's from financial companies, was to give a big gaping backdoor giggity. Is it Eric's inhaler? I actually haven't used my inhaler in three months, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Where's your Where's your clap, everybody? Thank you. Thank you. You don't do anything physical. (laughs) Do anything physical? (laughs) That's an achievement. Well, now I can't. (laughs) I haven't breathed heavy in three months. Not going to give you. you I'm not going to. I don't want to give you a lecture in ableism, but (laughs) you're going to be a. You're going to be one of the grandparents and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, first, I can't do any exercise. I don't know if I can get up and walk. Let me see. Oh, I can. Well, hey, listen. (laughs) I actually can't do any exercise right now because I don't have any shoes. So. Oh my god, how someone steal my shoes? My orthotics, I can't walk. <laughs> no, I'm serious, that's a real problem. It is. I'm the it fastest is. walker in this town, but not without my orthotics. That's what makes you so fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, anyway. Ah. Uh, Moving on. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Uh, this is not really, a, this is not the US, nor is it the EU. Or, uh, Russia's not in the EU. Um, they are? Yeah. Are you sure? Pretty sure. You sure? Pretty sure. They're considered Europe. That doesn't. No. I think there might be. No, I don't think they're they considered are. Europe. That doesn't mean the European Union, Sweden, isn't part of the EU. They're not. I thought they were like the leaders of it. No, that's Germany. Sweden. Member states. Here we go. Member states of the EU. I can't believe we're getting on to this. Guess what's not on this list? Russia. Okay. And guess what's also... Oh, Sweden is on this list. I was I thinking so. Switzerland. My bad. Yeah, Switzerland's well, whatever, we're Americans. Everything. We don't yeah, know next. But at least Russia's not on it. Anyway, Russia has banned Telegraph, that app that's, that encrypts at rest and sends completely end-to-end encrypted method- messages. Is and it it's actually a Russian company, too, is the interesting Oh, that makes sense why they banned it, then. And WhatsApp is banned over there, too? I don't know, actually. I think they banned Facebook, too. That's China. No, I think Russia might have two. Uh, we'll find out. Can, can we Can we please get on to the next story? Because I just love the domain out. name. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes, we can. Because it's time for our... Cryptocurrency Connection. This week, PonziScheme.io... We talked about how cryptocurrencies... I gotta wonder how much they paid for that domain. I don't know. We, we talked about how uh, cryptocurrencies are... You're gonna hear about them on American Greed for the next 50 years. Someone created a cryptocurrency about distributing encrypted licensed content, and it turned out to be a sham. 
He boarded a plane in upstate New York and went to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where he conned anyway. Ponzi scheme. Every one of those American greeds are a Ponzi scheme, and every single one of them has a Florida connection. Every one of them. They can start in Bum F, Wyoming. And then he boarded a plane to West Palm Beach, Florida, where he unleashed his giants like Jesus Christ. He could be in Antarctica, and then he sails a ship. Anyway, Ponzi scheme that I owe. Even though there ain't a Bobbitt story ended. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, no, wrong one. What? Crazy girl. Never mind. Don't worry about it. Uh, this is supposed to be the most honest Ponzi scheme of all time, a blockchain-based financial pyramid. Our rules are visible to everyone, so if it's a Ponzi scheme and you're opting into it, then they really, it's not, a, I don't know if Ponzi schemes are illegal by nature, it's just that when they illegally solicit money from you and sell you and give you a contract that's not honest, that's where they become illegal, but there's a chance that if they just say we're, po- we're pyramid multi-level marketing right up front and you say, okay, here, I'll tell three friends and they'll tell three friends and then we'll have a pyramid. <laughs> uh... So these rules ensure that the last investor will lose up to 50% of his money. Person before him will receive back his investment. Everyone before them will earn at least 90%. And there's a catch. If our code has vulnerabilities, we'll all, we will lose all funds. And it looks like it's open source. Why? (laughs) Why any of this? What is this written in C? This looks like C. Well, wait, where's the code? I mean, how it works. Shady. Where's how it works? Oh, there's how it works. Let's see. This is... Oh, this is uh, Solidity, the Ethereum language. They have a language? Yep. Why? Because, you know, you got to reinvent the wheel every time you do something. I guess. Again, I don't know why all these blockchains... Either that or it's like having a very explicit set of rules about what you can and can't use. Yes, but you can, you can use another programming language that's been around, like any of them. You don't have to make your own. This one basically looks like... I mean, like, whatever... Anyway, uh, so yeah, you can see their whole stuff, function buy, it takes a token, public payable. Uh, Let's not get into the... Anyway, the it's pretty cool. Start investing, uh, memorize your credit card. If you now. want to possibly Here we go, how do you want money. to invest? Level one, the next Bitcoin is the dead unicorn. Uh, earn at least 90% of what you pay. ICOs, the wild, wild west, uh, earn at least 90%. Uh, what the, uh, Virus McAfee, Pump and Dump is level three. I don't even know what this is. Let's move on. This yeah, th- th- what? If you want to look about, if you want to look I at think the this blockchain is a- Ponzi scheme that's honest about being a Ponzi scheme, go to PonziScheme.io. Yeah, and the, I mean, this really is a sign that we're in a bubble, because I'm sure that they've got a lot of traffic and probably some kind of billion dollar evaluation. And Eric said his catchphrase, we're in a bubble. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bubble's over, buddy. Yeah, I know, because I'm losing money. Yeah. Um, Bubble started crashing when you invested. <laughs> that's I said that's it, usually how it works. I said it out loud, and it's true. Um, At least I'll know how to make money for the rest of my life. Yes. Why well, not just do the opposite of whatever I do? Um, okay. Let's. Uh, we can cut out a couple of these things, since we're at an hour right now. And uh, they did find that Guccifer 2.0, you remember that he came up during the election. He was supposedly uh, giving secretive information to um, some some of the people in the election. Yeah, it was revealed recently that he was actually a Russian troll <laughs> because he forgot to activate his VPN before logging on to his website to post something, <laughs> and that logged his real IP address, which was that's old news in Moscow. Is it for two point 
What? Two that po- came out this week. Mm, I read yeah, that this is, two, three this weeks is actually. Ago. Oh, well, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, look at that. 322. Okay. <laughs> Bam. Well, For did you three. talk about it on the show, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. Anyway, always log on to a VPN before you do illegal things or look at porn or download torrents. And not a public VPN either. And not a public still, VPN. They still track those. Yeah, no and porn at Starbucks. there's a chance that WebRTC can leak your VPN IP. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Herrick's starting off hot with the acronyms. I said it's an acronym soup. Uh, well, that's networking in general. Yes. Well, and this is just, I mean, <laughs> or technology in general, If you send packets really. from one computer to another, you need to give it an acronym regardless of what you're doing. P2OCOA. Packets to another one computer or another. <laughs> uh, two quick exploits of the week. We could get some theme music for this, but we don't. It's fine. Um, uh, My Fitness Pal, which is owned by Under Armour, that's been breached, and I actually somehow had subscribed to them, and I got a letter saying that my information has yet been stolen again. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, and number two, Eric's shoe security was breached. <laughs> <laughs> that joke just keeps on coming. It's really sick. Come on. <laughs> Who steals shoes from the Who steals shoes from the thank you? <laughs> they also stole my girlfriend's shoes. Ah. Uh. And she, luckily, she didn't wear nice shoes. She just wore these cheap white sneakers. But still. Ah. Uh, I, I had to so send her home in an Uber without shoes on. <laughs> That's it's so bad. It's so bad and so embarrassing. That's a big exploit. Delta got hacked, but that's not as big as my shoes getting stolen. The Nike so. Cortez oh. security in Bushwick is atrocious. By the way, so I went to a shoe store around the corner and I asked if they had any more Cortez just because I wanted to keep it the same. They're like, we've got one pair left, and it was they were purple. They were bright purple and had a bunch of like textures and weird stuff on them. I was like, hey, you have something nice. to wear with your blazer? Exactly. You know, yes. Unfortunately, there were more money. Than uh, they should cost. They were like a hundred bucks. Damn. So I'm not doing them. I already bought another well, pair on Amazon, but I have to wear these awful shoes until Tuesday. So, other exploited at you was the uh, Delta getting hacked. Well, no, I was gonna say the Vesta CP uh, vulnerability that a lot of cloud providers are blocking that port now. What's that? Uh, I don't really know what Vesta CP actually is. Why'd you bring it? What up? were people using the port for <laughs> in a positive manner? Uh, so. It's a very close to Influx's port, but that should also be behind private networking. Okay, but. what port? What it has the fine touch a- of 8083. the... 8083. Ooh, it almost sounds like a development port. It has the fine touch of the soft, delicious, soft, Oh, this seems like the kind of thing Eric would use. Auto-installer it, it, to install more than 439 panel. apps with one click. This seems like the kind of thing Eric would use. It's a hosting control panel. It's like FileZilla? No, no, no. This is like... Uh, I've got all these servers, and I want to manage them, kind of stuff, and I want to manage what. Why runs make on them. your life easier? You know what AWS menus. is for? What? <laughs> you know what AWS is for? <laughs> exactly. Something I would use. Well, how, how else do we do the show? Oh, let's spend an hour writing a terminal script when we could just go to a website. Let's, because that's better. Those take anyway, me five minutes. Yeah, you say that, I'll and then they you. do. I'll time you. And then it does. I pulled, and then it an does all, it. I pulled an all-nighter writing a beautiful VST plugin, and it came out great. That's your fault. Um, okay. That's awesome. Go on. Who? You want to hear about his VST plugin, or you want to move the show on? No, I don't want to hear about his... Good, I don't v- want to hear about... Yeah, it's for another time. We'll talk okay. about it later. We'll talk about... Yeah. It's yeah. V cool. Uh, yes. Well, we, we had talked about Apple, and we had talked about how uh, Intel has kind of stagnated on their chips recently, and it's actually been more than just recently. It's been for the last... They've actually missed a talk in their TikTok cycle, which is an indicator that Moore's Law has stopped. 
because they finally missed. They reached time. a ceiling, but there is, there is a model of CPU manufacturing that will allow them to get this back. Well, the thing is, is that Moore's but law was outdated to, by definition. They have to get they have to get larger before they can get smaller. Is the issue? Well, their tick tock was the larger was the first tick, and then the smaller was the tock. Yeah, but the thing is, is that they've missed one of those, like George R. R. Martin missing a season of Game well, of Thrones. Well, even even with this, this uh, they, they're still not using the exact model to get uh, like basically as small as physics will let you get. Because uh, basically, you're going back to the tube design, essentially, where you're allowing electrons to flow freely through a vacuum, and uh, they don't have that right now. It would be cool if a, if a light bulb got brighter once your computer was doing more work like the tubes did. But, anyway. The uh, 8 pound Auric XL. <laughs> it's, a vac- it's a vacuum cleaner, not a vacuum tube. Um, I remember those infomercials. You can lift it with your pinky finger! Anyway. Not Eric. Not, <laughs> not me without shoes. Uh, okay. Okay, Apple to abandon Intel inside. Let's hear it. From our news department. Nomonium presents News to You, Cupertino, California. The personal electronics company and computer giant Apple is reported to move away from using Intel CPUs inside their computers, signaling a major departure in design, if only at the hardware level. Apple's latest series of ARM chips used in the iPhone 8, 8 Plus, and X, uh, the Apple A11 apparently outperforms Intel's latest core series of chips, noting an interesting turning point in chip design and Apple's performance gains. Apple's ARM chips now allow them greater control over every piece of the processing pipeline, adding in more useful components into their systems on a chip than would typically be available from a stock manufacturer. Additionally, they offer up the ability to introduce greater proprietary security and system integrity to enhance to offer enhanced encrypted services while possibly killing off the thriving Hackintosh market. To boot, Intel has stagnated with performance over the last couple years, calling an end to the age-old Moore's Law. Every other year, Intel would improve their CPU architecture, but during the odd years, they optimize the process for lower power consumption size and cost. If Apple's ARM chips can outperform Intel's in a laptop or desktop, we'll be entering yet another new chapter of this company's and computer history. And this has been News to You. Brought to you by the money. Ah, turned off your mic, sorry. Oh, when they say app performs, they actually mean uh, the power consumption, because uh, as far as speed goes... I think they also meant speed. Uh, so, uh, but the thing they is... Can, they can match it. They haven't been able to out... out Matching is all that they need. The other thing is that, remember, the ARM consu- chips... ARM chips' power consumption is where they really win. It's about one-tenth of the power consumption. <laughs> Right. And the other thing is that Apple has complete control over the whole production pipeline. They can add in their coprocessors. Like the Apple A11 has a neuron, a neuro, uh, neural network AI like coprocessor. That scares the, me. It, yes. Uh, the, the one that's in my iPhone 6S has a motion coprocessor. These are all baked on the chip. And so they can put like these this. in your MacBook your Pro, shoes. which is really going to be another reason why they're going to kill off the Hackintosh market. I don't like these. Uh, the C- I don't a like CPU this. should be a CPU. Well, it's not. And in the 21st century computers are appliances remember steve jobs called these trucks and they're turning these trucks into toyota priuses when you pop the hood of a prius can you change the oil easily actually it was not not a good question to ask because that answer is probably yes, yes. but <laughs> can you do anything else can you do anything easily? else can you change the alternator easily is there an alternator in, in an electric car yes there has to be okay can you change that easily well, probably it's, not. it's a hybrid not an electric that's why but, okay yeah. you get what i'm saying it, the cars are becoming appliances. These computers are becoming appliances. The, the ability for you to update an Apple computer is already gone. 
Unless it's a Mac Pro, which they haven't come out with. I just yet. bought a uh, laptop that I can up- upgrade. Oh, as that's much right. But we don't care. We already talked about it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. You can, yeah, you can jumpstart the Prius, but you might set off a hydrogen bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happens? Can you jump a Prius? I don't know. Can actually. you jump a Prius with another Prius? That, that might work. Can you uh, run start those things? Like push them to no, start no. no. You, can, you can't even do that with automatics. It has to be a manual. Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. No. You can only push start yeah. a manual. What if you put it in neutral? No, because the automatic requires the car to be moving. The, 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 somehow the magic of a manual transmission allows you to push start the car. They did this so many times in Top Gear anyway. And I used to have a manual car in my previous life. I had a co-ped that you had to push start. Yeah. Anyway, why don't we take a quick break? Where's my... Uh... Oh, it's right here. Say, friends, do you live in New York City? Well, if you do, Pneumonium has a beautiful new product for you. It's called Where Am I? Your five-borough compass navigator to help you get anywhere from Staten Island to the Bronx. Simply go to www.whereamai.nyc and enable location services on your mobile device to find your neighborhood, borough, and three closest subway stops to you, wherever you are. No ads, no tracking, just geospatial brilliance that's Where Am I? Brought to you by Pneumonium. Pneumonium, reinventing media daily. Sweet. Brought to you by Snacky Snacks. Snacky S'mores. <laughs> Same thing. Okay. You need more apps like that. Yes, I do. I have, I have them. I just don't have the time because I spent the last three weeks writing unit tests, and now my shoes are gone. Not that, that's not related, but I just like say, my shoes are gone. I don't have any shoes. You know how hard it is to buy to go into a place to buy shoes where you have to wear shoes to get in the door, and I'm trying to buy shoes and they won't let you in because you don't have any. No, most people have more than one pair of shoes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I lived minimally. Jeez, I didn't realize I was supposed to keep. Are you Amish? No. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, Larry I David. Have, I have a, I have a pair of dress shoes, and uh, those are in a storage locker somewhere that I couldn't find. And I have my uh, Nike Cortez. If I don't have six pairs of shoes, I have a. But Tyler, I have orthotics. Small. I can only really wear one pair of shoes. Orthotics move to other shoes. Yeah, but they create gaps in the soles of the other shoes. That's why. If you look at the crappy shoes I bought today, the orthotic moves around inside. It's because not even it's not healthy to have one pair of shoes. Okay. Anyway, why don't we talk about something less entertaining? Networking. Could that possibly? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The wonderful world of sending data between computers. A lot of new stuff has come out in networking recently, and we're here to tell you about it. Mostly Christians here to tell you about it. We're here to ask questions. How is the internet getting better in 2018? Let's find out in a few ways. First, there's this roadmap. Can we call it roadmap? Uh, R-D-M-A-P. Roadmap. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've seen it with the P there, but sure. In the, in the spec, they actually conflate it. I've seen both with and without the P. It stands for Remote Direct Memory Access Protocol. Or just Remote Direct Memory Access, R-D-M-A. What is... First, what is direct memory access? I know they're not the same thing, but let's just start from there. What is direct memory access? That sounds direct, like something from Windows 95. Direct memory access is more so the idea of instead of having to copy data over from the physical slash kernel layer to the, the user space layer, uh, you just have access to it, which is kind of like when you mmap uh, f- uh, files or something like that where you're just are able to read directly from the page, uh, the, the, um, pa- uh, page cache. Gotcha. And so remote DMA is basically just doing that from a server? Uh, yeah. So, well, this is the idea of doing it over a network. How do you do that? Because there's so many more things that have to 
that are in that pipeline of getting data from one computer to another, how can you just access the memory in another computer? And then also, how can you just access the memory in another computer and have it be secure? Sorry. Uh, Did you just get a text message from your something? Maybe. But, uh... <laughs> but, uh... So anyway. He's cracking on Sunday nights, dog. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Uh... <laughs> I can't do that. But, um... Oh, that hurts my wrist now. So, you know, the way, the way so many people did that that they had to go to the hospital yeah. in England when Allergy was on. I, I can't do that anymore. Oh, there we go. I can't do that anymore. Eric than, uh, is, Carpal uh, He's doing that thing boy. that uh, was popular back in 2006. 2001. You pinch your fingers and then you flick the other finger into them by swinging your arm. It or you take a can of dip is the way I usually see it happen. can of yeah. dick? Wow. Dip. Oh. Wow. Anyway, go on. So how do you access... So you're transferring data Mm -hmm. from memory, memory to memory. You're transferring data from my server in a data center to your server in a data center. There's so many hops. There's so many layers of networks. You have to get out of my network. You have to go over the backbone of the internet. You have to go back into your network. Has to access your computer. Operating systems, kernels. How do you securely just access the memory of a remote machine? So the the big the, the way that uh, is actually most common is a specialized NIC these days. But you can really do, so it's a you hardware can, thing. Well, it's it can be enterprise NIC. Is it can what? be. You can do it through a NIC. You can also do it through uh, software though too, where you uh, do have to have a new kernel module that just reads from the Ethernet layer, and then has this where it's just uh, basically saying like the data is transferring over at the Ethernet layer, but everything else is just there. It's just a buffer that you can access. It's just a. It, what do you mean? It's just a buffer that you can access. It lives. It's like a, a buffer that is mapped from kernel space into user space. That you, it's basically like you're reading an mmap file in user space, and then in kernel space, what you're doing is you say like, okay, this is coming. Uh, like instead of having a ring buffer like you do in uh, like an IP uh, stack. What's a ring buffer? A ring buffer is this thing on the NIC that actually has the packets that come in, and then that, that gets uh, loaded into the IP layer stuff in the kernel. Gotcha. So instead of doing that, why is it a ring? Uh, just because the uh, the way if like you get too many packets, if, if you get flooded with packets on the NIC. You don't want to be like, oh, I can't take any more packets. What do I do? Even though that still does happen. It's I thought that so was the way that you drop. You drop old packets. You drop old packets that you haven't been able to read into user space. Okay. And so instead of doing that, or what are you space doing? For that matter. So with this, this is just a single buffer that you read from, and this is why it's also not intended to be a public networking thing. This is to be like within like a data center. Data center to data center. Yeah. So it doesn't actually get out into the real internet. And, be, and and it's just basically you 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 have to maintain the security of the network on your own. Yeah, this is like two servers in the same da- uh, data center trying to transfer a gigantic file. Because to me, this sounds like you're asking for trouble. You could easily inject some kind of code in there, can't you? There's like a uh, what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Of course. You're on the show. You can yeah. talk to her. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, it, you don't really do a buffer overflow because it is bounds checked and limited, and there is a certain structure to the packet where you can't just inject code. Say that again? I see what you're doing. But, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> but, uh, so, it, it's a, uh, there is a bounds check on the buffer, but beyond that, too, there is a packet structure bounds. to it. Oh, I thought you said bounce. Bounds. Bounds. Okay. And then there is also the fact that it, um... There is a packet structure to it, so you can't just inject code into it. It's still just like, here is this data in these frames. Gotcha. Um, so how does this... It's a, it's a completely new... Is this a completely new protocol, or does this improve upon existing protocols in a, in a, in a bigger stack now? 
So this is uh, from layer. So where it diverges is above layer two. So you got layer two is what? Ethernet. And layer three is what? IP. Okay. Really? Uh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Okay. And so uh, it's still Ethernet, where that's like uh, where that's like the basic structured uh, transfer of data. And then above that, though, instead of doing the IP layer, which is where all this copying ends up coming from with uh, the, the, these copying off ring buffer, uh, this ends up just being direct, uh, direct access to it. Uh, so from uh, what does that actually up, mean, direct access? It means that you're not having to copy data from point to point. It's just in this one spot. But you are copying it across computers. Yes, but within the computer itself, you're not copying it, which is the, where you're actually paying for the performance penalty. So you would copy it that from you the can buffer get around. on the NIC into the memory. Yes, and you're, they're removing that and just transferring directly into the memory. Yeah. So the okay. way the way it works in uh, like an IP uh, stack is it, it's read off the uh, packet comes in, it's read off the ring buffer, and then that's then decides to go whether it's just a, a datagram or or it has to go through the TCP stack. And if it's TCP, it does all of its congestion control and all that stuff. And it also d- does its ordering and then its uh, response back and stuff. So I, I had a question about does this have to be TCP since there's a lot of overhead on the it's TCP It's not that. It's, 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 there's not that part of it. It's not oh. It's not TCP or UDP. That's out of here. So it's its own thing. Uh, right, it's RDN map. Basically. Yeah, although you can do it over another protocol, too. Like, you can do, like, you can do like a, uh, it on top of UDP if you don't have one of these fancy NICs, but then you are paying for that copy penalty. It's just you can then talk to a machine that gotcha. you would have. So Roadmap, RDMAP, uh, provides seven data transfer operations. Uh, except for the read operation, each operation generates exactly one RDMA message. There's send send message send with invalidate what does that do so that would be like send this and then be like okay that's it or saying like hey what I got back is invalid gotcha send with solicited event yep so th- th- uh, within RDMA there's this concept of events so it's like oh I copied this file and that's okay now that I know this file's here I can read from that buffer knowing that it's there what is a solicited event like a file system event mm, similar like an, I mean like an OS level event it's similar it's uh, basically just the way of like letting a uh, one end of the of the uh, the connection know that this uh, thing has happened. Okay, gotcha. Uh, send with solicited event and invalidate. This sounds like the Passover Seder. If we had just sent a packet, it would have been enough. Dianu, if we had just sent a packet and they told us it was bad, it would have been enough. Dianu, if we had just sent a packet and they told the operator and it was bad and we told the operating system we got the packet, it would have been enough. Dianu, if we sent the packet and we told it was bad and we told the operating system and we wrote directly to the memory, it would have been enough. Dianu. Right? Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Wonderful. Okay. I gotta work on the mixing there. Um, Okay. I mean, that's a good, yeah. Uh, There's uh, remote direct memory access write. That's a write operation. It's pretty Mm -hmm. simple. And then a read. Yeah. And then the terminate. Okay. Um, What else is there to talk about with this? Uh, So... I think it's most of it. There's only other things like uh, the argument that uh, within uh, the cloud, it's like uh, you're, you're really approaching this point where it's like all this, all this intercommunication between uh, services that are behind a firewall. So why not use it that way? 
and it, it does give a huge performance increase on uh, read and write latency, uh, but so latency decreases. Uh, I mean, that's it really for RDMA. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, the next one is in modern. Do we want to talk about uh, this article that you have in modern data centers? The latency trail wags the network dog. Uh, so I kind of mentioned that with the latency uh, decreases, but yeah. I mean that's up to you. You added the article, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I already mentioned the big takeaway, which is just like this is a huge performance increase for uh, uh, within a single data center communication. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, we can move on. Then let's move on to uh, some more high-performance TCP congestion algorithms. Doesn't that sound fun, <laughs> Tyler? Oh, man, that's basically what I do for breakfast. High-performance TCP congestion. Then I go out and I create, like, three neural networks, and then... Well, you know, if you had the neural co-processor on Apple's ARM chips, it'd be easier. Then I decentralize a whole bunch of stuff for lunch. <laughs> I make, and, then, and then you do a bunch of data dumps in the afternoon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, my, <laughs> my three o'clock meetings. Exactly. Um, okay. conference. <laughs> so there's... Uh, let me just get to this page... Uh, there's BBR, not to be confused with BBL. Or BB-8. Or BB-8, very good. BBR stands for Broke Back... <laughs> Bottle Bandwidth and RTT. You know, how many other uh, acronyms, metacronyms, metacronyms, there you go. How many metacronyms have RTT, like, bundled in there? So many of them. So many of them. It's actually really important, though, because that's the round trip time. Why don't they just call it so. BBRTT? Because then it sounds like BBLT, and it's like who who knows what's, what the second B is? What's BBLT? Who knows? I don't know. What, what, what's not the LGBT. second B? No, I'm saying I'm saying it's uh, it's blank bacon lettuce tomato. Who knows what that second B is? A bun. Th- that's implied. Burger. Actually, that, a burger that, BLT. That, 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 yeah, those are good. Actually, yeah. yeah. Okay, BBR is bottleneck bandwidth and round trip time. RTT, right? Yep. Okay. Uh, has significantly increased throughput and reduced latency for connections on Google's internal backbone networks at, and Google.com and YouTube's web servers. Y'all talk. So what does this do? So what it, what it does is it, it has a uh, algorithm that's similar to uh, di- digital signal processing. Well, for, you know what? Actually, let's take a step back because this replaces, this improves upon the internet traffic control uh, systems that we've had basically since the yeah. 80s. I mean, there's... Which well, were what? There, they were there's, been on... more, there's been more recent ones, too, okay, but, but the, they're, the they're predominantly... They're, they're all... Predominantly... There's been maybe like a dozen popular ones. But are they are they all loss-based congestion control algorithms? Yeah, for can get congestion okay, control... Okay, so why don't we start there? So okay. since the inception of the internet, basically, we've had traffic that has been uh, manipulated by these loss-based congestion control Algorithms. Now, what is a loss-based congestion control algorithm? Basically, uh, if you lose if you lose a certain amount of packets, it'll be like, "Whoa, I need this packet. Let me hold things too, so I can make sure I get that I'm right." I'm sending packet. data too fast. Yeah. So let me send it slower. Yeah, and it's like, wh- and it's like, "Whoa, I lost this one. Uh, hold up," because TCP has this whole like ordering of packets, being like, "Oh, I need these." Right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, and I right, okay. So you you keep sending packets as fast as you can until you notice that you get a packet dropped, and then you slow that down by some kind of step, and then you step back down until you don't lose any packets anymore. Right. There's almost a rhythm to TCP. Okay. And... But there, there literally is a rhythm to TCP. Ah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh... Sin, ack. 
Sin what am I missing? Ek. They really keep a tight. Uh, so it's Sin Ek. Ek Sin is the handshake, but then there's um, Nack, which means I did not get something. Nack. And there's Term. Did you get it? Nack. Sorry. Well, I'll uh, tell you a UDP joke, but you might not get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, he said it's a rhythm, and I said to keep a tight packet. Tighten the tighten the packet, tighten the pocket. Music, rhythm section. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Just wanted. That anyway. was good. Okay, sure it was. Um, okay, so BBR. How does this work? So BBR improves upon lost base congestion because it's not that, is it? Uh, so it, it still provides decent lost base. Um, so it's still lost based. It's not lost based. It's actually latency based, but it still it still provides the fact that it's okay. Like, hey, I lost packets here. Let me. Fi- How does it uh, fix measure that. the latency? Yeah, uh, it basically looks at CP. So uh, all TCP congestion algorithms are very similar to digital si- digital signal processing algorithms, which are uh, essentially like uh, digital effects of audio. That makes uh, sense because so, this is all digital signaling. Yeah, so this is a very similar thing where it actually looks at the uh, basically uh, for the peaks and latency. In round trip time, okay, and it'll try try to uh, regulate things based on those, kind of like uh, how a, a, a compressor for audio works, uh, where it finds these peaks and tries to regulate them to a certain ratio. Huh. It does make sense, but how much of an Im- how how much of an overhead is there that has to constantly monitor and then compress, quote unquote, the data? Regardless, not data t- regardless, like, TCP is always do- doing some kind of congestion algorithm. So, the, and so it's, to it's, compromise it's, for the overhead, do they just in, in, in and as long as like you're doing giant it, fast processor on the NIC to do this? No, as long as you're doing um, TCP, it's in uh, kernel space. If you're doing it, and um, you can do, you can get high end NICs that do it on the NIC instead, uh, or like uh, you could use Quick, which is TCP in user space. Gotcha. Um, okay. So how so it measures the peaks between latency, and then what? And then from there it'll actually adjust it, it, its uh, sending of uh, acts and uh, and how does uh, it based uh, on mostly acts? Just okay if there's like a, if the uh, how like if the peaks are closer together, what if the peaks are unequal? It, it'll optimize for 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 being closest together, but if you start seeing these latencies where the peaks are uh, being like sp- uh, sorry, it'll actually look for more of a normalization between peak A and peak B. Uh, but if like uh, there's a, a greater uh, slope between the two, that is where it'll actually show latency. Because if it's like oh, uh, I, I uh, actually have a negative slope all of a sudden, that means I have increased latency here, and let me adjust for that. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, does this require? I mean, this is software, isn't it? Yep, kernel space for the most part. Space. You can run but it. But this in is only space, for though. servers, is it? It's for any computer ever. Any computer. So we'll eventually be using this as part of. It'll eventually make its way down to like the client well, and so, user TCP drivers. Uh, it definitely sees its benefit most on servers, particularly edge servers, like. Uh, BBR's first use was actually the um, video streaming, uh, like, well, it shouldn't say video streaming, uh, but like uh, the edge servers for YouTube. So all, Go on. All, all traffic that went out of YouTube to a user uh, used uh, BBR on the TCP side. But if the user wasn't using it, then... So that's the do? thing. You don't... It's not like you need both sides doing BBR. Oh! You just need to... So you can actually have... Because it's just the packets being sent. Yeah, so okay, it, it's so. actually just one running BBR can understand. You do see the most uh, optimization if both, both sides are, sense, are yeah. running BBR, but BBR can adjust to others. TCP uh, congestion algorithms should, uh, can't really be dependent on each other when you think about it. That makes sense. 
But they can't be too synchronized. That defeats the purpose of the internet. Well, it's, it's, not, not, it's, not even that so much. Well, it's all like, asynchronous communication if, anyway. If you had one that depended on the client, all of a sudden you can say uh, only these clients all of a sudden can go to uh, this thing. And wouldn't that create some kind of denial of service ability? Not necessarily. That's very situational. Like, okay. It could. It's pro. Uh, What's the word? It's plausible. Plausible. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, Tyler, you have any questions? You've been relatively silent. No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Anything else, Robin? No. 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 This is like, yeah, you might as well be asking Jack Stratton about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, when I uploaded uh, my album to AWS to get it to download, uh, it used we used the internet, yes. <laughs> yes, we did. Spotify <laughs> is something that Rock you on. access on the internet. The thing, the thing that he, the thing that we didn't play in the interview, is at the end he talks about how uh, how Spotify continues to lower the amount of money that artists get, but that Spotify is also is what single handedly allowed them to remain completely independent as a group. And so he says, whenever I complain, I have to remember, like, overall, it's allowed us to become an independent band. However, we're, they're really screwing us on these agreements. It could be better. Well, yeah, anything could be better. Except for Christian's credit score. That's another story. Uh, no. That's what? I, I can't tell if that's a compliment or not. Yeah, it's a compliment. <laughs> that, that confused me. That's, that, that's the what there. Freaking out the squares. Uh, okay. Um... Let's see, you posted this article about uh, BBR congestion control from the IETF. Yeah. Uh, what is this? So, if it'll actually load for me. Um, well, so there's the uh, RFC one. Uh, that might be what you're actually looking at. But, uh, uh, it's... Yeah. Draft yeah. is the draft. So that's the RFC draft. So that's basically saying, like, anyone can implement this from uh, scratch at, uh, if you follow this RFC. Okay. And it's the BBR model includes explicit estimates of two parameters. B, uh, BBR.BTLBW. Wow. That's the estimated bottleneck bandwidth available. And uh, BBR.RTProp, the estimated two-way round-trip propagation delay of the path. Estimated from the... Then, from the... The, the the minimum, there's a typo. I told you I found a typo. Estimated from the the minimum in round trip delay sample from a moving window. I don't care what it says. Congrats. I have a typo in an RFC. It's a draft, though, so they'll find it. Um, all yeah, right. Eric's getting aroused after finding that typo. I find typos. Sorry, they find me. Um, okay, uh, let's see. BBR uses its model to seek an operating point with high throughput and low delay. To operate near the optimal operating point, the point with maximum throughput and minimum delay, the system needs to maintain the two conditions. One, rate balance, which is what? So, rate balance is, trying to remember. Uh. The ingest, ingress equals the egress rate? Yeah, if I remember that. I believe so, yes. And then the full pipe... <laughs> You gotta. We can't do the. But which? What's the full pipe? <laughs> We're not mature enough. <laughs> About twenty dollars an hour. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. I know, but we're supposed to be doing wow. a, 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 a professional show here. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, That's pretty cheap. I know. Twenty bucks an hour for the full pipe. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the peace pipe. It comes oh, at a good price. Man. Ninety minutes in, and we broke. <laughs> did we had a good ninety minutes? You okay. broke two other times. What? When did I, when did I break? 
I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> okay, don't. Uh, okay. The full pipe is the total data in flight along with the path is equal to the BDP. Which BDP? BDP... Mm. Bandwidth delay product. Okay. It's really so that, that, that's the actual latency measurements. Ah. Okay. Well, that and RTT. Which is the estimated bottleneck bandwidth plus the round-trip propagation delay. Yep. Cool. Sounds so fun. Yay, math. Yeah, oh, this is great. Um, so, so, okay. So that's more data center. If you combine RDMA, roadmap, with... Well, no, this, is, this isn't a data center thing. This is more like uh, internet Just thing. TCP. Well, yeah, but it's actually specifically designed to be like, oh, we're going to a bunch of phones and laptops now. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. On the arrival of each ACK, BBR derives the current delivery rate of the last round trip and feeds it through a windowed max filter to estimate the bottleneck bandwidth. Conversely, it, use a, it uses a windowed min filter to estimate the round-trip propagation delay. The max-filtered bandwidth and the min-filtered RTT estimates form BBR's model of the network pipe. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, anything else to add? Uh, just that it's uh, the performance on it is really awesome. Uh, you'll see uh, a lot like better just delivery times and speed. So my and speed will go up. Yeah. And uh, also, it is a lot of math. It is uh, a huge calculus formula, actually. But they could do that in hardware, eventually. Mm, so th- there's already NICs that could, in theory, do that, because they do that with other TCP congestion algorithms, but not, uh, BBR is a little too... I new. mean, I would assume it would be very expensive to have you're gonna, hardware, you're gonna that be would like be a, a real You're going to be an enterprise running on a, on a physical server to do that, like... That, that might be uh, that's e- right. even for my employer. That might be a little, these days. Even for my employer, that might be a little pricey. Well, actually, I first heard about BBR through AWS. So, AWS offers the ability to use BBR. You can use it on GCE. I think DigitalOcean is the only one I haven't actually really heard about it. But you could. It's just another kernel module you can install. It's nothing preventing you from doing it. Gotcha. Okay. DigitalOcean, Mo- give us money. Moving on. Uh, moving on to LaraWAN. What is that? Uh, your cousin. No. <laughs> be funny if I were never mind <laughs> not saying uh, that <laughs> uh, okay so what is LoRaWAN uh, LoRaWAN is low power wide area network yep it is a uh, Mac layer protocol that uh, it uses uh, th- this uh, low, low power uh, protocol to actually uh, deliver things for mostly IoT for like IoT right yeah it's usually like mesh networking for IoT kind of thing okay and why are we talking about it? Because it's new and cool. How? But, uh, why is it cool? So, uh, well, for one, all these IoT things, you're buying these smart fridges, these smart watches, these uh, smart uh, shoes that Eric is going to get. They're, uh... You know, if my <laughs> shoes were smart, I'd be able to track down who stole them. <laughs> That's Ooh. true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's cameras in my hallway, but what am I going to do? See someone in a hoodie bend down and take my shoes and run away? Like, oh, man, <laughs> let's get them, cops. We go. Go. Uh, Let's be honest, you and I both know it's actually a bicycle helmet that they were wearing. I think it's a delivery guy. I didn't say delivery guy, I just think it's a bicyclist that sold him. I don't like cyclists. Not yet another reason. Next. And here, anyway. I'm in the market for a bicycle. Because <coughs> you're a douchebag from Long Island. Anyway. Uh, as, like I said, okay. we prefer the word douche. Okay. Douche. Douche. Anyway, go on. Uh, so, why, so why... I guess IoT being... Far away things that need that have low power that use low power. We yep. need some kind of low power wireless protocol to communicate data between them. Yep, and that's basically what this is. 
Yeah, and uh, unfortunately there are certain limitations, but uh, beyond that, uh, it is pretty ideal for uh, IoT. Like Up to 20 kilometers, depending on the environment. Yeah, uh, 20 in a perfect environment, but 10 so kilometers like 10, yeah. is more realistic, yeah. And uh, it uses the AAA infrastructure, where if it breaks down, a truck will take you home? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I wish, but uh, <laughs> that's in the AAA plus. Yeah, now uh, it stands for authentication, authorization, and accounting. Uh, it it's technically like a uh, design that came up in Cisco, but it's kind of like a general thing of just being, oh, I need to authenticate a device, I need to authorize that it has this permission, and then if there is some kind of monetary kind of thing, it needs to see like, oh, uh, th- it connected this many times and it's using this stuff. Gotcha, and. Uh... Is there anything in the in the innards in the in the technical bits that you really want to talk about? Uh, the first message of this exchange is called the join request message and is sent from the end device to the network server containing the app EUI and dev EUI of the end device, with additionally a nonce of two octets called dev nonce. See figure three. Kazoo tight. <laughs> but uh in response to the join request the other endpoint will answer with the join accept figure four if the end device is successfully authenticated and authorized to join the network okay this sounds like a standard handshake network thing. yeah it's a pretty simple handshake it's more so it's like uh you can do like a broadcast uh uh type of, uh, mesh network kind of thing going on which is kind of cool but uh yeah, no, it's just like a low power, so it's also a low memory too, so you can't send large files over it. But gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But also, why would you be sending large files the over IoT? Things, IoT right. <laughs> well, uh, what about the NYC mesh? Uh, that's something totally different. That's uh, more like a traditional. Uh, don't they have these tiny uh, routers that they could use? They're not that away? tiny. They're pretty large actually. Compared to like my Death Star router down there. Or? Um, same size. Uh, really? That's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. I need to get a new router anyway. I can't buy a new router because I have to buy new shoes. <laughs> I don't know. You could just always work from home. That would justify the router. Uh, You'll be one of those guys who never leaves their house anymore. Because I don't have shoes. <laughs> Couldn't you just get them on Amazon? Shut up. I can't buy shoes. <laughs> Couldn't you just borrow them from a... For- Shut up. I don't have any shoes. Okay. <laughs> At this point, you just like saying that. When uh, when did Laura Wan come out? Um, December. It says expires December 1st, 2016. Yeah, that's when the draft. Expires. So, is there an R real RF? I don't know actually. I think uh, that they never finalized the draft. Version 1.0 spec was released in June 2015, but this draft expires in December of 2016. I don't think they ever finalized the draft, so it isn't uh, I, I, uh, IETF compliant. Ah, but there already are a few platforms based on LoRaWAN, like GlobalSat. Uh, which is a satellite provider and Laura Node <laughs> solution provider for that includes Europe, Asia, US, Asia region, and Japan market. That's exactly how it's written. Uh, things connected, iFrog Lab, IOTX, Res IoT, that I own a lot of IoT stuff basically. <laughs> iFrog, the new uh, IoT frog that you can connect to your iPhone. There you go. Um we have 11 myths. There are... This is popular enough to have 11 myths. <laughs> I love that. Okay. I don't have... I, I would just read it and... So I would read the RFC and say, Yeah, sure. That's fine. Uh, Laura is LaraWAN. That's myth number one. That's wrong. LaraWAN <laughs> is the communication protocol. And Laura is the physical radio layer enabling l- this long-range communication link. Uh, two, LoRa signals cannot really transmit over 10 kilometers. That's nuts! It depends on the LoRa's range, depends on radio line of sight. 
Okay, but there's no way my device could last up to 10 years. One of the features of LoRaWAN is long battery life. To achieve this, you don't use your device. Great. Okay, can I share files on LoRaWAN? The speed at which you can send data over LoRaWAN is extremely low. Don't expect to look at porn, it's su but it's, it's, it's suitable for extremely small sensor data packets that can be used for alarms, triggering, oh, that's good if you want to trigger some millennials, and monitoring purposes. This plays a huge, use your content warnings. Uh, this plays a huge factor in optimizing battery life. Laura knows can only send data. Laura isn't secure, so secure has, security's always been important uh, for any wireless technology, blah, 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 blah. Added bonus to the low power chirp spread spectrum signals are very difficult to detect and intercept. Well, now we don't know if Eric's going to get those smart shoes now that it says that you can't watch that porn on them. Well, they don't have screens. <laughs> I have to pay to use LoRaWAN. That's a myth. You don't have to do that. Uh, LoRaWAN is for IIoT sensor monitoring. That's it. All right. I think that's enough. Yeah. But what about support from the industry? There's no way to track Lauren knows without GPS, use it and I'm not are. can't find <laughs> any is. ideal hardware for my application. Those have been 11 myths about LoRaWAN that you don't care about. Okay. Um. Well, here's the most. There's the Things though. Network <laughs> building a fully distributed IoT data infrastructure using LoRaWAN. Okay. Uh, I think moving over to uh, TLS 1.3 might be interesting. I think so. Yeah. So uh, we're currently at TLS 1.2, right? Yes, we are. And what are the enhancements in 1.3? Why don't they just call it 2.0? Is it not that big of a deal? Uh, so uh, part of it TLS is... TLS is how we do con uh, the, secure it, transactions online minus Tyler paying rent. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but also uh, part of it too is because uh, it, it does follow semantic versioning. So if they were to increase the first number, that would mean that they had breaking changes. Well, it's not breaking changes. Ah, yeah. okay, very good. Uh, and so what? What are we? What's in one point three that we should really know? Uh, so well, one of the big things was that originally there was a proposal for uh, it to have a, a giant back door that uh, quote unquote financial companies big pipe. Well, the Full pipe, sorry. The big pipe would uh, create the back door. Yeah. Well, okay, great. Open the back door, I should say. But, uh, uh, no. Um, uh, the, the idea was like there would be like a master key. But so uh, that, that, that was. In uh, the whole protocol. Yeah. And that, that was turned down, though. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, it looks like they want to include authentication, confidentiality, and integrity in the, in the TLS spec. Does that mean, well, I mean, that makes sense. So hmm. the server is, oh, the channel is always authenticated. The client side is optionally authenticated. Uh, confidentiality, data sent over the channel after establishment is only visible to the endpoints. And integrity, data sent over the channel does not shill for lobbyists. Very good. That's why they turned down that <laughs> full pipe. So, um... And actually, I'd say the biggest feature, though, is that it's now actually encryption agnostic, so that way a client... Any... A client can request a particular encryption now, and the server can either provide it or be, or, or be like, hey, I don't have that. Don't the servers tell you the encryption algorithms they support when you say hello to them? That's what it used to be. Now it just says, uh, the client just says, I want this one. Oh. Can you give me this That's one? great, because yeah. that was a way to find out if you could you could use an exploit collision attack on an yep. insecure. Yeah, okay. Yep. But now, I mean, that really doesn't change anything. It just makes it obscured. No, it means that now you're all... Like, no, I mean, if you're using a server that has a, 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 a lower-powered encryption algorithm, it's just not... You can still use it, it's just not going to tell you that it's there yeah. immediately. Uh, anyway. Um, so that's it, really. It's just better identity, verification, more security, and encryption more encryption yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, let's see. 
I'm trying to read through this other article from Tech Republic, but I think we just talked about that. It's, yeah. It mainly talks about types of encryption to use. Um, okay. Uh, how about this? Uh, there's uh, junk traffic at the bottom of the barrel in IPv4 ranges. So we're running out of IP addresses. This is something I've heard for 10 years. We still haven't really, well, really run out. So things like of, things like AWS all of a sudden give you a lot more uh, space to run with. Well, and not giving a public IP address to everybody in your ISP also yeah. saves a lot. Um, what is this 1.1.1.1 and 1.0.0.0? So these are IP ranges that uh, are owned by AP NICs, well, Asian Pacific NIC. Uh, and Why'd they get a good IP address like that? Should number one go to like AT and T? No, these are one of those. Pr- these Thomas are one of, Edison's. This air? is this is like an over. Tim Berners Lee's computer. This is no, but uh, it, it is a. This is like a tier one uh, uh, ISP. That's why Langley, it has it. Virginia. Like, shouldn't that go somewhere? Dear God, no. But um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, these these are IP ranges reserved for research. A while back, Google was using them, and now Cloudflare is using them. And so what Cloudflare is doing on there is they're doing a public DNS resolver. So you can do that instead of, like, Google's 8.8.8.8. Or Verizon's 4.2.2.1. Yeah, which, I mean, if you don't want Verizon listening to your uh, DNS queries... Don't use their internet service, because I am now. Well, you can still change your DNS server, and all of a sudden you get more anonymity, but... uh, Really? Yeah. I might do that. Yeah. But then I don't get the... If I mistype a URL, I don't get that Verizon page telling me that... It's with search that's results that's also that they called. Monetize. That's also called. You know that, uh, uh, like a, well, snooping on your traffic. Well, technically, it's a hijack. It, yeah, because it, it breaks know. network standards. If you access an invalid domain, it's supposed to return an invalid domain, an HTTP code, or yep. some kind of network response. Rather than HTTP 200, here are some search results you might like. Yeah, no, Verizon's the devil. I mean, but, and, and uh, listen, it's not just Verizon. All major ISPs do this. No, Comcast definitely did it. AT&T Optimum does it. Did, I've never had. They're, that. they're not a major ISP outside of the tri-state area that's true anyway but they're not but I, like they're, they're, you're talking about major tier threes anyway anyway 1.1.1.1 so this was a, a, a an ip address that people used for fun or development purposes to test out their applications just no that's locally. that's kind of the issue though uh so these were uh, or it was but it's these, now these being are, used for no stuff, no it was know? not it was it was always the case that these were re- this was a research range that people just didn't realize because like you think such a small uh ip address range it's going to be like oh these aren't real ips like uh, the moment I heard about this, in, in fact, I thought, of, "Oh, I've got a bunch of stuff at work that points to that IP address. I better." Why do you have that. it pointing to that IP? Because it's an easy one to remember. <laughs> Why don't you just do like two dot two dot two to two? Also a valid IP address. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! No, no. Um, remember Hamachi from ten years ago? No. Hamachi had that. It was like VPN over HTTP service. Oh yeah. And okay. they had a whole. They had like. That's gonna five. be slow. It was slow, but they had like five dot the whole five block. Yeah, that, that, couldn't you just sense. use those addresses? No, they're not being they, used. No, they're being reused. This is the whole thing of like we're running out of IP addresses. They're, I thought that they had a whole block. It's 2018, we repurposed things, Eric. <laughs> right. Okay. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Come so on. what? All right. So what? What's so? Cloudflare is now inherited one dot one dot one dot one. They didn't inherit. It. They were given it. They were given it. Yeah. Isn't that inheriting? No, inheriting would be that something something uh, that has lineage to you uh, left it to you. Oh, no one died. No one died. Uh, they didn't have to file for it on their taxes. Uh, so, uh, let's see. The Cloudflare AP NIC experiment uses two IP4, uh, IPv4 address ranges, 1.1.1. 
slash 24 and 1.0.0 slash 24, which have been reserved for research use. Cloudflare's new DNS uses these uh, uses two addresses within those ranges. We just talked about them. 1.1.1.1 and 1.0.0.1. Yep. Originally configured as dark traffic addresses, and some years ago, APNIC partnered with Google to analyze the unsolicited traffic directed at them. There was a lot of it. <laughs> and now they're going to set up a real service on that IP, but it's now there's so much garbage traffic going to it that it's going to really impact the ability to know? No, so, um, I don't know how much I can say of how to avoid this, but... Uh, there is software out there that can be implemented to look at the packet in a very performant manner to identify whether it's valid DNS or not. Ah. But isn't it usually valid DNS? So, a lot of it is valid DNS, but uh, there's also stuff like, uh, because people just have, like, their dev machines pointing to this Like, let's say that, that app that you were writing, that was valid DNS, so that would technically pass whatever check... You gotta be way more specific about what happened. Oh, I don't know. I do this for a living. What do you do? Uh, give me a give me an example of, for instance, of something that you do that uses quadruple one. Uh, so I was using stuff that uh, uh, creates a. Uh, um, a lot of it is actually using one dot one as data in, in my day to day. So okay. Or IP addresses, I should say. Not Why don't you use a non routable IP? Ten. Ten is also valid within the local network. Yeah, but you can use a network address that's outside of your subnet, and you won't really bother them. That's not how ours is set up, but I can't go into that. But okay, that's fine. I don't want you to divulge trade secrets. Um, so what's the so okay? So what's going on with Cloudflare in this then? So a lot of uh, part of it too is just to provide. Uh, they just get more data. Is like the one every public uh, resolver. So Google's, uh, Cloudflare's, whoever's, as, if they did the public resolver. Uh, they're going to just get a lot more data, and I think the real kicker, to my perspective as a competitor of Cloudflare, they're using an open source thing. They didn't even modify it. <laughs> they just, That's funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were the first people to do this. Mm. Well, well, the first people first to do it publicly, publicly I guess. Right. Yeah. And this is quite public. Um, while executed with some unique Cloudflare flare, 1.1.1.1 is not the first encrypted DNS service by any means, so they are using it to launch an encrypted DNS. Yeah, but they're doing uh, DNS over TLS, which has been a thing for about a year now. Not to be confused with DNSSEC. DNSSEC is the signing of zones and records, while the, uh, the, this is the uh, Could you do DNSSEC over TLS? Yeah. Okay. And well, that's probably... DNSSEC is more important uh, for the authoritative servers going to a public resolver, and then your stub resolver, which is the thing on your computer that's making DNS requests, that's the thing that's the TLS part's important. That way your ISP doesn't see your DNS queries. Ah, gotcha. But they already know I go to Pornhub. Oh yeah, but they know that just because they, they know <coughs> But you. they won't know that I go to Grindr. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. great. Um, anything else to talk about? With this? Uh, I mean... Does your company offer encrypted DNS? Is it better than Cloudflare's? We, we I don't do, want to get in. We don't do deep, a, we like, don't do a public resolver. We do author, uh, an authoritative server. So I can't just point my computer at it? Uh, you could, but then you only have the records we serve. Oh, you yeah. don't hook up to the... Yeah, so a public, a public resolver will go to all the authoritative servers and grab these things because it, it basically reads from the registries being like, okay, we're going to go to get these records. Right, and you're only just... You're just one of those servers that it would... Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, let's talk about one last thing. Uh, well, two last things. <laughs> uh, one of them is how your... If you use a VPN, how your IP address could leak 
out over WebRTC. What is WebRTC again? WebRTC uh, stands for real-time web real-time communication. So it's pe- uh, a peer-to-peer protocol in the browser. Okay, that allows you to video conference and yeah, like vi- video chat is probably the most popular application of it. Yeah. There's Bitcoin miners that implemented in it. Um, there's you know it's a lot of stuff. Okay, and um, let's see. So there's VPN. There's this Void Sec. Uh, I don't know if that's just a website or if that's actually a utility. It's that's uh, a good question actually. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, it uses Stun and Ice uh, is a component allowing calls to use the Stun and Ice mechanisms to establish connections across various types of networks. The Stun server sends a ping back that contains the IP address and port of the client. These Stun that session traversal utilities for NAT ah uh-huh. are used by VPNs to translate a local home IP address to a new public IP address and vice versa. To do this, the Stun server maintains a table of both your VPN-based public IP and your local real IP address during connectivity. WebRTC allows requests to be made to Stun servers, which return the hidden IP address as well as the local network addresses for the system that's being used. The result of these requests access- could be accessed using JavaScript, but because they are made outside the normal XML HTTP request procedure, they're not visible in the developer console. The only requirement for this de-anonymizing technique is, is to work... Oh, oh, the only requirement for this de-anonymizing technique to work is WebRTC and JavaScript support from the browser. Wow, it's pretty... It's pretty good. <laughs> the following uh, VPN clients leaks the user's IP. Don't use any of these. The one that Christian makes... I don't uh, make a VPN. No, not yet. <laughs> uh, there's Astril, Black VPN, Chill Global. That sounds like something Tyler would use. <laughs> Chill Global, man. That sounds awesome. Awesome, bro. Si- Siren VPN, Glipe. Okay. <laughs> HideMe.org, Ola VPN. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's Ola. I think that's more like Hala. That would be two Hala L's. at your boy. Two L's. Uh, Ola VPN Chrome extension, Hawks VPN Firefox browser plugin, HTTP proxy in the browser that supports WebRTC. <laughs> That's quite the uh, registered trademark name. Yeah. Uh, IBVPN, a PHP proxy. Wow. PHX.PirateBayProxy.co. Don't use that regardless. <laughs> uh, PSI Phone 3. It's like Siphon. Siphon. Okay. Uh, smart hide proxy. That's funny because it's not smart. Socks proxy on browsers WebRTC enabled. Don't use Charles, basically. Don't use socks. Uh, sub random. Some random web proxy. <laughs> I'll take that one. I love that one. Some SUM rando web proxy. Tor as proxy on browsers with WebRTC enabled. That's a good one to note. And Winscribe add ons. Well, if it has the word win in it, you know it's broken. Yeah. So the best thing to do is disable WebRTC and uh, use NoScript when you can, except on trusted websites. Um, yeah. And the last story for this evening, I will let you guys choose. It's either uh, GitHub censors a user's repo or an article about the PC Builder simulator game. PC Builder simulator. <laughs> okay. Ooh, I like the other one, but... All right. All right. Well, the other one's actually really, really simple. We can do that if there's more time. Uh, so there's a game that allows you to build your own computer like it's 2001 again. 
So I, Most do, I downloaded this. Most people write in to call me an idiot. I have two things to say to them. Take note, sloppy. Hey, uh, one, <laughs> uh, one, kiss my ass. <laughs> two, there's a new game out on Steam this week called PC Building Simulator, and you're probably going to dig it because you love building PCs so much. Almost as much as I like building Escalades. <laughs> <laughs> so in the game, you I mean, go on. You the built the PC recently, right? Tyler. So in the game, you I go did. on the subway to Micro Center. By, by that, I mean I took my wallet and my Christian. To and you, <laughs> and you have to actually enter in your credit card number into the game, so it'll do a, a real fun charge, just That's like when you true. buy a no. No, I actually downloaded this game. I also. Why would you play this game rather than just build a computer? Because it's cheaper. <laughs> Fifteen bucks, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so much cheaper. But uh, can you install Windows on this game, or do you lose points if you do that? Uh, so it almost looks like Ubuntu that you install on all these. It, oh, you can't even choose the OS. No, they have this made-up OS due to licensing reasons. Oh. So what kind of things can you choose from? Uh, hardware. It's all like uh, you choose the hardware on it. Really? Yeah. Which they have like free build mode, and I'm just like, all right, what's the most monster PC I can build? Right. And then what happens? With that, like, so you make a PC and oh, it turns on! Yay, I did it! Well, so like, th th there's the career, there's the career mode though too, where you got challenges and like you gotta keep a budget and you like, have uh, to cable. I've only managed sixty-seven percent of these cables. I need eighty percent cable management no, to make it like, to the next level. You need to rip, you, like uh, so. Level one is like you need to install antivirus on this computer. Level two is like it. decreasing the CPU temperature no, by five degrees. Level two is actually really funny. It's de-dust the computer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then uh, level three is like the first one where they're like oh. Uh, I can't figure out why this isn't booting, so yet you gotta debug the computer. Fun! Yeah. And then level four is you re you erase the hard drive and reinstall everything. Level five <laughs> is booting from a flash I mean, drive. I, I love all these games that make me rethink my life. Like, I also play Startup Tycoon, and I, like, I just sit there eight hours in, and I'm like, this is too real. <laughs> I'm not even enjoying this anymore, but I can't <laughs> stop because it says I have equity. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much truth to that. <laughs> but the equity's fake, I don't care! I don't want to lose any points. <laughs> I'm already vested. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man, that, that is just, like, true in all levels. Yeah. I mean, look, I've been on startups. I get it. Um, here, here's it. We'll do it really quickly. Recently, I got the thought, not me, I got the following message from GitHub. My message that I got from GitHub is that my educational discount has expired, and I have not <laughs> actually renewed it since. That's another story. Recently, this writer got the following message from GitHub. <clears throat> Turn it off. Yeah. There we go. See how much... Look at that. It's so, so much silence. Just soak it in. Recently, I got the following message from GitHub. Your repositories were set to require a login to view following multiple... What? Your repositories were set to require a login to view following multiple reports from users concerned about their contents. This was done as an alternative to hiding or disabling the content entirely. Thanks, GitHub support. This was due to me publishing several, several articles exposing the Linux community. What is this? FOSS infringement copyright records? So this was edited since I last saw it, actually. Oh, okay. Well, why did you... These articles are new. How but, uh... Linux community steals proprietary assets. Well, I mean, Microsoft deposes all Linux users. They say that if you use Linux, you're breaking Microsoft's patents, but they'll, they'll make it okay if you buy a copy of Windows. This post uh, had a, a very different message when I first added it, actually. Really? Yeah. It was more so like, oh, hey, I had this, and it was because of uh, some content that uh, wasn't, like, exactly, like, so I I guess it's the same message at the, in the, at the end of the day, but the language is very different. It was more so, I've got all this content that people don't exactly agree with. Gotcha. Well, he posted this very snarky 
expose on a repo that's called Free Game Art. So I could see why people got mad at it. Sounds like he's using GitHub as a political platform, too. That, yeah, it sounds like he is misusing GitHub. Which is something GitHub that we here. don't even do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, all right. We, we, do have, we do have the uh, Soviet IP spoofer, which is a little political. That's true, but that's not political about... It, it, it's actual code. It's actual so code. It's, yeah, it's, it's really hard legit. to say that's not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. He needs yeah. to no, take that's... this to Medium yeah. and Tumblr. I mean, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. Try to get on Hacker Noon. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've reached the end of another pull request. So, Christian, do you approve of this week's pull request? Looks good to me. Tyler, how about you? Oh, yeah. And our wonderful studio audience. Yes, let's. Yes, thank you. I know it's getting late. You guys are a little tired. So, let's all hit merge. And we'll see you next week right here on Pulver Quest. This has been the Pneumonium Production. The views and opinions expressed on Pulver Quest do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium LLC or its subsidiaries. This week's theme music provided by Wolfpack. Visit them at VULFPECK.com. <laughs>